0: Great news.
1: Oh, I'm always in for great news. What do you got?
0: Well, I saw Phantom of the Opera, and now I have another musical to incessantly reference and sing lines <sighs> from and annoy people with.
1: <laughs> I'm pretty sure everyone in your life is going to take this news well.
0: <laughs> oh, especially Kyle. I was like, how excited are you for me to blast this soundtrack 24-7, the house speakers? <laughs>
1: yes like three thousand percent excited Uh, that's how much easily
0: he was like well i'm really busy this week at work so go for it i won't be home (laughs) much
1: (laughs) won't have to deal with it
0: yeah i mean it's great it's a musical about someone hot named christine so what's not to like
1: yeah that's pretty much what most musicals should be about
0: i agree more musicals should be about worshiping me
1: (laughs) (laughs) well we'll see if we can get them to work that in there
0: (laughs) you're writing a broadway play let me know (laughs) (laughs) i've got some suggestions what are we doing this week i feel like we're both annoyed that we're doing this
1: (laughs) well well, what was our thought process of it i mean well let's cover what we're doing it
0: why did we we do this to ourselves (laughs) okay so we're covering animal farm by george orwell and I think it was my suggestion because I was like well this is a short book it's something that's taught a lot in high school as like a way to talk about communism so I guess that's where I was coming from
1: yeah which is fair I mean like I feel like what we're gonna be doing a lot of today is kind of a debunking exercise sort of (laughs) it's it's a mess (laughs) you were right though it's short which was nice it It was a good break too too long yeah But, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll kind of discuss a little bit about George Orwell, AKA Eric Arthur Blair mm. uh, and kind of what he was about a brief synopsis and then get into the meat of the meat of the book, if that works.
0: Listeners. If you want to grab a copy of animal farm, you can just like download it on the Wikipedia. It says it's only if you live in Canada, but they don't know where you live.
1: <laughs> All right. Uh, so a little bit about George Orwell
0: who's this guy and why do i hate him so much
1: well let's cover it uh he was a rich kid uh, (laughs) named eric arthur blair he was born as he put it lower upper middle class
0: that means nothing he just checked all the boxes
1: it's a rich person's defensive way of saying rich right (laughs)
0: lower upper okay so rich but not
1: rich Upper middle class, but just, like, on the lower end of that. That's, like, trying to emphasize, like, we didn't have every, you know, like, that sort of thing.
0: (laughs) Oh, God, I hate when rich people do that. It's like, just admit it. Just admit Mm -hmm. that you're
1: rich. So, that's what he was. His his father was in the Imperial Civil Service in British India.
0: Mm, Definitely a good guy.
1: So, like, a government worker. I mean, I don't know what he did specifically, but he went to Eton. So, very fancy. That's, like. Mm,
0: Yeah, that's, like, the boarding school, Prime ministers
1: and shit. Yeah. Uh, And then ends up joining the Indian Imperial Police.
0: (laughs) Some of my favorite words combined, Imperial and police.
1: I mean, ACAB all the time, but like Imperial Police sounds worse.
0: Way worse, like (laughs) impressively bad.
1: Uh, So he was stationed in Burma and eventually comes back and, you know, starts his literary career and teaches and stuff on the side too. He went to Spain to serve in the Spanish Civil War, which is a, forms a big part of his, like, political formation.
0: Was he on, like, a bad side of it?
1: No, he was uh, <laughs> fighting against the fascists. So he was go- going there to support the Republican government. Okay. It was complicated in terms of how to get over there. Like, people didn't know. They're like, I'm going to Spain. Most of to like get paperwork or do i have to get like a letter saying i'm a communist like what do i do you know Mm -hmm. so he goes over and he had kind of had some connections with the british independent labor party this like uh, basically socialist party a democratic socialist party there and he gets one of them to like write him a letter of introduction and goes and joins up instead of with like the communist international brigades like run by the Comintern, those guys. He ends up joining with the PUM, the P-O-U-M, the Workers' Party of Marxist Unification, uh, which is the anti-Stalin commies.
0: Oh, okay.
1: The Communist Party in Spain called these guys Trotskyists. But they weren't really Trotskyists. They were just kind of like not listening to Moscow communists.
0: (laughs) Okay, okay, gotcha. Uh,
1: They wanted to do things their own way. Yeah. It's just, you know, it has some merits. It has some downsides when you're trying to work when you know when you're trying to get help from allies i guess
0: (laughs) yeah yeah not really the time for this faction stuff but okay
1: well okay so i would defend orwell here in this context because when he's going over this seems to really just be like convenience he's trying to get in there and fight against fascists he doesn't really it doesn't seem like he's super aware really of like why there's a lot of disagreements the communist party of great Britain who could have like helped him get in with the international brigades or whatever. They were kind of suspicious of his loyalties because he, you know, he seems kind of soft. He's a rich kid journalist. I mean, what's he going to do? Uh, but he at the time seems like he's fine with working kind of with communists wherever. Um, he, he doesn't seem to understand like why there are all these differences. He wants to be sent to the Madrid front. Um, even if it means joining the international column. So he's like, not doesn't seem to fucking care as long as he gets to fight fascists. So he was kind of all right at that time.
0: Okay, what happened? What happened to this man?
1: He ends up in Barcelona during the May days in 1937. Do you remember what those were?
0: No, I'm sorry. (laughs)
1: you're a good student in the moment and afterward (laughs) it kind of falls out of your ears like my students it's okay it happens to all of us
0: (laughs) i have a swiss cheese brain it just there's only so much room in there if i don't write stuff down it's gone
1: that's okay you have probably more useful stuff though there than i do. i've got this (laughs) i don't have a lot of
0: i don't have much else either i have a lot of broadway lyrics
1: that's important (laughs) i don't have any
0: that's a shame. We should work on that.
1: I have a little some. Well, Broadway is this. So this is like Les Mis.
0: Les Mis is Broadway. I yeah. I have
1: a little bit of that.
0: There you go. That's a very important one. And
1: A few little Hamilton stuff, you know. There you go. <laughs> anyway, he's in Barcelona in the May days where the Republican side. So the, the Spanish government, they're facing off against the nationalists who are in rebellion. Right. And the Republican side, the government, that's like kind of left-leaning. They had like a united front. And by this point, they were kind of more dominated by the communist party. And this is where they turn on their erstwhile allies, the anarchist the anarcho-syndicalists and all that, the CNT-FAI, and the Pum, who Orwell was with. Okay. So he's in Barcelona when this is happening. He's not really seeing the thick of it, but he's he's like witnessing. He's not in the fighting, but... It sours him completely on the Soviet Union in particular, like what he sees as the Stalinists, right? Or the anyone following the common turn. He's like, no, they're bad. Uh, he gets wounded later in the in the conflict and, and has to go recover uh, from that. And by the time he is recovered, him and his wife have to flee back to uh, Britain because they're like hated now, the poom and everyone who was with them is now like,
0: uh, out,
1: you know, getting okay. thrown in jail and shit like that. Some of them were tortured and stuff, too. It was bad. So I guess you can see why he would come out of that experience with a bad taste in his mouth, a real negative association with the Soviet Union or with people who are like following a dedicated like communist party line. But that's what happens to this guy. <laughs>
0: yeah okay that kind of makes sense i mean that makes sense given the context of this book he he has a bad time
1: (laughs) yeah yeah and about that um about his experiences in uh anarchist spain he writes a book called homage to catalonia okay it's published in 1938 Uh, a little bit more about his life so he did some work for the bbc during world war ii uh pretty much the whole time he's like angry that they're allied with the Soviet Union. He's like everybody's putting up with this bullshit even though these guys are like terrible and murder. He gets like more and more anti anti Soviet Union, specifically anti Stalin.
0: Yeah, that's a fine line to take.
1: Yeah, we we don't like a lot of what he did. I would he was pretty good at kicking Nazi ass for one, but, you know, <laughs> uh he did definitely have more than his fair share of flaws, I would say. So I get that. And uh, it's in 1945 that he publishes the book that we're reading today, Animal Farm. It, one of his other very famous books, 1984, was published four years later in
0: 1949. Okay. And that I feel like is going to have similar themes, probably. So,
1: 1984, that's the one where, like, you like have surveillance. This, yeah. The Big Brother. And it's like the very overbearing state government thing is like totalitarian or whatever.
0: Yeah. Okay. Gotcha.
1: It's that same year in 1949 when I think this is sort of more context as to why when you read this book, you might feel like you have a problem with this guy, (laughs) feel like he's very anti-communist is because Uh in function, he does a lot of anti-communist things. He would say, I'm just critiquing like aspects of a certain type of communism, you know, and say like, it's bad when it's done this way. But here's something that he does that's just functionally... Bad for communists <laughs> and the left is that uh, he gets approached by his friend Celia Kerwin, who was working for uh, the UK Foreign Office, in particular, a secret propaganda wing of that department called the Information Research Department. Mm. They were set up in 1948 uh, by the labor government to carry out anti-communist propaganda, to support anti-communist politicians and writers and stuff, and to use disinformation to attack socialists and anti-colonial movements all around the world.
0: Okay, so this place, this was a blatant propaganda wing.
1: Well, it was actually a covert propaganda wing. (laughs)
0: Well, yes, covert, but their mission was blatant in in terms of like, this is definitely what we're doing here.
1: Uh huh. It okay. operated for 29 years, the longest-running covert government propaganda department in British history. Great, so, love it. Good old Celia comes up to uh, Orwell. He's like in hospital at this point, or something, or in—he's not doing well. But anyway, he gives her a list of people he considered to be sympathetic to the Soviet Union, or as he was calling it, Stalinism. Right, a list of people who were in any way unsuitable as writers for their propaganda department. He was working from this larger personal list that he had cuz I yeah that he's that type of guy. Wow. 135 names that he kept on his own uh, of people and he was just kind of labeling them as like crypto communists or fellow travelers. What does or, that mean? So crypto communists is like secret. They are, you know, they. I can tell that they're a communist, even though they're not openly communist.
0: <laughs> okay. Okay. It's like a gaydar, but for communism.
1: Yeah. 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 Uh, fellow travelers is like, they're not in the party, but they're like, they basically do the same thing as, you know, they're communists, just not officially like uh, a good example from a recent episode. Woody Guthrie mm. was kind of a fellow traveler. He remember he said, oh, I joined, but like he didn't. <laughs> mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Anyone he thought generally too sympathetic to communism, he put them in the list. He would also make like all sorts of weird notes about them. Like this guy's a Polish Jew
0: uh, or
1: yeah, (laughs) or stuff like that. Like generally things that he found suspect about people. Okay. And so anyway, he turns over a list of 38 of these people to the IRD and says, hey, watch out for these guys.
0: Wow. Okay. So he gets these people blacklisted.
1: Uh, yeah, pretty much. Well, you know, from the government propaganda department, but still he's, yeah, basically I don't think they wanted that job. <laughs> he's giving, yeah, but he's giving the intelligence department, you know, the, mm-hmm. those guys like a list of people to watch. I mean, <laughs> that's yeah, what they're going to do with it.
0: <laughs> that's pretty rough.
1: That's closer to the end of his life. And, you know, he shuffles off his mortal coil, but that's, if you're kind of, if you were reading this already, you did the reading ahead of time, like a good student. And he came away with it like, man, this guy, I don't know. Kind of, eh. there are some reasons for that. He was a, a cop that, that stitched on, <laughs> on fellow communists. I mean, not to say he didn't do like some good things, I think, but that's his complicated story.
0: <laughs> his overall personality, I would say based on this book alone is like, like a reply guy. I don't know if I'm using that term correctly. Oh, but what like, is,
1: yeah, I've, I thought that you might be able to... I
0: don't eat. actually know. Let me see if I know what it is. Let me see what a reply guy is. Okay. Yes. Okay. I guess correctly. <laughs> a man who frequently comments on tweets or other social media posts in an annoying, condescending, forward, or otherwise unsolicited manner, especially posts by women, which we need to talk about that too. Um, Ooh, okay. <laughs> it's just that to me, he comes across as a guy. He's just like, mm, told you so. Like, I gotcha. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> With that voice.
1: Yeah. Okay. I can see that. He does. He he has a kind of a, yeah, like a smarter than you. Mm -hmm. It's because he went to Eden. I mean, those guys are like (laughs) just apologies to any listeners who went went to to Eden. Eden. Maybe I'm getting that all wrong. But my understanding Mm -hmm. of it is that's like the posh you know when you're talking to someone from Eton because they'll mention it five times in conversation or something.
0: <laughs> it's the Harvard of uh, England, I guess.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm sure there are exceptions, but <laughs> he does come across that way. Like,
0: Okay, do we want to get into this book?
1: Let's get into this book. All right, we've already...
0: <laughs> <laughs> you can tell my review.
1: <laughs> we've slapped Orwell around enough. Let's. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, very brief synopsis is there is a farm. And the animals take over it and run it themselves. And this is all a very like thinly veiled to the point of there's not really a veil anymore, guys. <laughs> analogy or a metaphor for communism. Allegory. Allegory. That's the word I could not think of.
1: Yeah. Allegory.
0: <laughs> there we go. So, yeah, that that's the the 5,000 foot view or whatever. And basically things start out cool and they get bad.
1: Yeah. That's the that's <laughs> long and short of it. Did you know, actually, that there are versions of this. Specifically, a film adaptation commissioned by the CIA. Whoa! And pub and you know published or whatever in 1954, uh, where the ending is not. It does not get worse at the very end. Uh, at the very end, instead of what we will talk about here, mm-hmm. uh, the ending is changed to have the animals get help from other farms <gasps> in overthrowing Napoleon.
0: Oh my God! Oh my God! <laughs> of course! Of course! Of course! Yes, <gasps> that's delicious.
1: Yeah. So wow. if you loved this book, so did the CIA.
0: <laughs> yeah, that that's your first problem. <laughs> your first sign.
1: Friend Ugh. of the show.
0: Friend of the show.
1: They probably listen, I mean. At this point, I'm sure they do. If we're doing a good enough job... <laughs>
0: Someone out there, someone in the intelligence agency, is like that's that's their beat.
1: Yeah, why the hell did I get assigned this? I know I fucked up the last job, but come on,
0: come on, guys, I can do it. It's some poor intern. <laughs> all
1: right. Uh, anyway,
0: all right. Let's go through this. Chapter one is like the impetus for all of this. Uh, they talk about this old pig named Major. I mean, he's basically Marx, guys. Like he he says some Marxist shit.
1: Yeah, (laughs) he's a a little Marx, a little Lenin. And in both cases, I think, like, poorly done.
0: Yes, these metaphors are not perfect.
1: (laughs) No, yeah, yeah. And that's, I think that that's kind of, um, as, you know, we're we're communists reading this, so we're looking at it like, oh, come on, this is bullshit. And I guess a little room does have to be made that this is an allegory. It's not trying to portray everything in its exact detail or whatever. On the other hand, it's portrayal of, Uh, this is what the idea of communism is like, it's kind of flawed too. I don't know.
0: It's not bad. Like it kind of holds up. Like I liked his little speech. Like he, he says, I'll read a paragraph now, comrades. What is the nature of this life of ours? Let us face it. Our lives are miserable, laborious, and short. We are born. We are given just so much food as will keep the breath in our bodies. And those of us who are capable of it are forced to work to the last atom of our strength. And the very instant that our usefulness has come to an end, we are slaughtered with hideous cruelty. Let's see. He, he makes the argument of like, is this because, you know, there's not enough fertile land? He's like, no, we could totally like cultivate it more efficiently. And and he he says it. He says the whole of the produce of our labor is stolen from us by human beings. He's talking about stolen labor. He's saying all the right things. Wh- what is your critique of it, though?
1: I guess my critique of it is... A little bit later uh, in that passage of Old Majors when he's emphasizing, like, the differences between them and man. And he's like, you got to make sure never to be like man. Mm. Don't, you know, live in a house or sleep in a bed or wear clothes or drink alcohol or smoke tobacco or touch money or engage in trade. All habits of man are evil. And this is where I think he kind of, like, mystifies the whole thing into this, like, almost religious
0: Yes. Sort of idea. which
1: Yeah. And that's like Marx was never like, don't drive around in cars or, you know, like, (laughs) I don't know. He didn't, he didn't say like, don't pick up, you know, capitalist habits or anything. That wasn't part of it. Like, that's not a thing. I mean, I get like, don't do wages or something like don't, but that's not, that's a different thing. If he said like, don't make other animals work for you. That's fair. Yeah. But like, just don't drink alcohol. That doesn't really line up.
0: That's a good point, yeah. I, I mean, I was going to say, I like that he points out, like, you know, man is the only creature that consumes without producing. I think that's interesting. And I think that part of the analogy works as, like, mm-hmm. if you view capitalists as, you know, stealing parasites. labor. <laughs> yeah, parasites. And he, I think he literally uses the word parasite at one point. But, yeah, I think you're right. It does break down when it gets to kind of the moralizing of clothes. Like, that was one of my first notes was – Um, whenever the horse is like she's really into ribbons and they're like you can't wear ribbons and i'm like why the fuck not like so she's into herself who gives a shit (laughs) yeah (laughs) like true it to me it read as a little sexist and is a little like oh you're being vain if you care about your appearance and i'm like i mean you can just care about your appearance it's fine
1: yeah i think so and i don't know that that doesn't that's not a major thrust of the Russian Revolution. I mean, they're, mm-hmm. they're not going out being like, quit. It's not an ascetic <laughs> movement. Like,
0: yes, yes. That's a good way to put it.
1: Uh, among the revolutionaries, there are people there who take influence from, so, like, okay, so one thing we mentioned was Lenin being very obsessed about that book, What is to be Done. And mm. that was kind of advocating an asceticism of like, only eat raw meat and get buff. and <laughs> I forgot you know, about that. And Lenin was like, well, that's cool, like be dedicated to revolution. But he wasn't out there saying, you know, in his book clubs, he's not out there saying like, <laughs> you got to <laughs> eat raw meat and get buff. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. You
1: know, that's that wasn't a thing. Like, I don't know. That's just seemed like an unfair criticism.
0: And we've talked about like the alcohol issue as well, that like, yeah, there there were points in Russian history where that was, you know, trying to be, you know, a little teetotalery, but that was more of a health issue than a, a moral issue. It wasn't like, yeah, don't do this because it's wrong. It was don't do this because like we don't want you to die.
1: <laughs> well, it was we don't want you to die. And there was aspects of, I don't know, moral, but like public safety in a way as mm-hmm. as far as domestic violence and things like that, too. Yeah. Yeah. That was I don't know if it was so much periodically as more like that was like the entire breadth of the soviet union pretty much they're trying to they're trying to limit that amongst the populace but it wasn't like an outlaw thing it was more like kind of psa's Mm -hmm. and taxes
0: yeah which is like pretty mild (laughs) yeah i agree that's the big problem for me the next big problem is i think the weakest point of the book is it sets up a hierarchy of intelligence among the animals and it makes me so mad i think this guy is a fascist
1: (laughs) (laughs) uh so why do you think that
0: because if this isn't an allegory the idea is that the pigs are are smarter and so they pick up the commandments faster they pick up Reading and they're just they're just super smart. The dogs are next, and then like the goats, and it goes all the way down. Right. And so it sets up this hierarchy of like innate intelligence, which makes sense in an animal context. Because you're like, yeah, a pig is smarter than a chicken. Like pigs are yeah, super. They're fucking different
1: smart. species.
0: <laughs> That's the thing. They're different species, and it it just is a really bad faith take in people and like the general public of like everyone's so stupid they're just going to listen to whoever is smart which is not how anything works.
1: <laughs> yeah, there's, and that's interesting because he's trying to set this up and say, oh, isn't it tragic? Like the, the pigs abuse their power. But if he's, you know, like you said, if he's distinguishing, okay, these animals are this smart, they li- even have the capability of reading and leading and whatnot. Like the pigs are, by his definition, kind of the only ones that could do something, right?
0: Yeah, They're the only ones
1: smart enough to put it together. So
0: it like takes all of the power and agency away from like the general population in Mm -hmm. a way that's really uncomfortable. And like there's passages later where I'm just like, why, why did like, there's this one, I know I'm kind of skipping forward here, but where they're talking about Clover, the big horse, um, the lady horse, mare, that's the word. (laughs) And she is like, they said, oh, if she had the words to say it, she would say this. Like she was thinking about how things used to be better and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, she's thinking about it. Why doesn't she have those words? Like, why are you half-assing this?
1: <laughs> you can see what he's trying to do by saying, okay. But it's, but it's also just easily solved. Like uh, <laughs> he's, set, he's trying to look at Tsarist Russia. And say, okay, here's where everyone's social class was, you know, you had the vast working class, they're strong, but stupid, you know, you have, uh, you know, and just this sort of thing. And he even mentions it in here that, like, they do a really good job of, like, educating people or something. Doesn't he say yeah, something like yeah. that? Yeah, So,
0: so yeah, let's, let's get back to the synopsis. They, after this speech, like, the old major guy, he teaches him a song, uh, which kind of comes back a few times, but, and then he dies a few days later, and the pigs start like spreading the word and they call it animalism and they, they teach all the other animals. They, they boil it down to some principles and they, they start like, I mean, they, they start organizing basically.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: Um uh, What was your thing?
1: I was saying about the literate thing. Uh, they, cause they do mention that, um, by the autumn, almost every animal on the farm was literate in some degree.
0: Okay. Here's the thing. I can't tell if that's like, just they weren't clear about how literate they were or did people regress?
1: Some of them regressed, I think, because they they keep saying how, like, though, the animals keep forgetting things and they have a really bad memory, which I, I mean, they're animals. so. But fine. again,
0: if this is an allegory, like pigs can't write and read. So, like, why can't horses remember things?
1: <laughs> True. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. You can't be just. Yeah. You can't do it both ways, I guess. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, and then even though they have this, like, literacy campaign or whatever, the different groups, like, get it to different degrees, you know, the pigs, Mm -hmm. they can, like, write, read and write perfectly, and it shakes down again, I guess, to this intelligence thing of different, which which isn't a thing, like, if you just (laughs) give education to people, they'll be able to, you know, achieve more or less within the same range of ability,
0: yeah yeah that that's the weird thing is like there's this this very weird caste system that i don't understand the point of like it is it is completely setting up this farm to fail and it's like i get you're doing that because obviously you're anti-communist but like i don't understand it as an allegory like that doesn't make sense like not everyone is stupid and like that's just such a fucking jerk way to see the world (laughs)
1: I don't know. The only good version of Animal Farm that I could see working for Orwell, taking his stupid allegory thing or whatever, and trying to make it work is, okay, the farm should never have overthrown the current bad system until, what, they they convinced Jones to sell most of the animals off (laughs) and replace them with pigs?
0: That doesn't make any sense.
1: Well, like, you have to get it to where, like, the animals oh, are everyone... capable enough to govern themselves. And the only way it looks like that Orwell thinks that would be okay is if mm-hmm. they were all pigs because everyone else is too stupid.
0: But even then, like the pigs, I guess that works. Because, well, I was going to say the pigs do a lot of infighting, but they use the other animals in their infighting. So, yeah, I guess he would say. They have
1: to replace them with pigs and then also be good.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because right from the start, they start fucking shit up. So,
1: Yeah. I don't know. I mean, Ugh. maybe he thinks that it would work with all the other animals, I guess. But they just he portrays them as just completely just so stupid. Just that.
0: so like it, it's so upsetting to read. You're just like, what? Like, what? <laughs> OK, OK, well, let's go back to this summary because I, I have other points, but I don't want to jump around too much. OK, yeah. OK, I, I like the paragraph about like when they're teaching animalism and they're kind of dealing with common questions like oh if we got rid of the farmer we'll all starve or like i like this line if the rebellion is going to happen anyway what difference does it make whether mm. we work for it or not and i was like oh that's a mood
1: yes <laughs> <laughs> that is a mood <laughs> <laughs> the stupidest question was asked by molly the white mayor he
0: fucking hates molly and I I feel like this is his portrayal of like a stupid woman who like is too obsessed with her looks and I don't know I don't I don't like how he portrays her.
1: She's also kind of bourgeois. Like she's bourgeois, yeah. He's he's more like you know the socialite who is like, well, will I still have nice things. Hmm. I
0: can see that. I think my my issue is. I think this, and then also the cat is the only animal that doesn't get a name. And it's also one of the only other female animals. And it's like shown as this very self-interested animal. Like the cat tries to convince the sparrow like, oh, all the animals are friends now, like come sit on my paw, like very clearly trying to eat these birds. Like the cat is never around whenever there's work and like shit like that. Like the, he's always shit talking this nameless cat. And that also happens to be like one of the few female characters. I don't know. I thought that was weird. And I'm like, what does the cat represent?
1: The cat to me was just opportunists or people who are always going to snake by, you know, just uh, not really some, you know, not, not interested in really the revolution at all enough to be involved in it whatsoever, you know, just jumps in at the last minute for that one attack. But like, they're just kind of in it to, to benefit one way or the other. They were getting fine. They're getting along fine before, and they're getting along fine after. That's the way I took it. But I'm a man, so I don't really read into it as much. I guess.
0: <laughs> I, I think the only reason it struck out to me that much, because like I totally got all that. I think it's just that they didn't give her a name, and I thought that was weird because everyone else on the fucking farm has a name.
1: Yeah, but I mean, those sparrows didn't. The rats didn't. The
0: But those weren't mentioned as many times as the cat. Mm, Okay. I don't know. I thought it was weird. (laughs) Okay. The next character that is very clearly a symbol is Moses, the pet crow. Oh, he's a raven. Excuse me. I mix those up. And he's like the pet of Mr. Jones, who's the farmer but he basically represents like religion. Like he, he talks to the animals about something called sugar candy mountain, which is where you go and you die. And it's up in the sky beyond the clouds and how like, Oh, you don't do any work there. And it's awesome. Like, and the pigs at first are like, no, don't believe in this. But like later they kind of let him come back, which is weird.
1: Yeah. And he has, you know, he's described as Mr. Jones pet. So he's, you know, this, this, uh, symbiotic relationship. Representative of the Tsar and the Russian Orthodox Church. Yep. Yeah. You know, and they, they like jointly held power, like real power. It's not <laughs> just like the church was popular, but like it had, you know, a big say in government. So, I mean, I think that part is a pretty good depiction. And the part about uh, him le- being able to come back later and stuff was fine too, because, you know, the Soviet government would alternate between. Kind of repressive measures against the church uh versus uh never mind it's, you guys can you guys are okay
0: yeah i i think that part kind of holds up points for orwell you get one point <laughs> <laughs> okay so then we get to the actual rebellion and i like the the framing of this as it came about very unexpectedly like no one planned it it just happened mr jones goes on a fucking bender gets really drunk and like doesn't feed his animals so they all get pissed off and just they just beat everybody up and kick them off the farm hell yeah <laughs> they lose their shit they're like oh my gosh we did it they celebrate and they have a big bonfire where they burn all the whips and all oh, they throw away all the chains and knives they also burn the ribbons which i was like okay and then this part i thought was weird too Boxer, who is one of the horses, he throws away a hat he used to like keep flies out of his ears. And I'm like, that's a utility thing. Why are you getting rid of that?
1: Well, Boxer was dumb, too dumb to realize <laughs> the difference.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: So he's probably portraying something like the working class will, because he's, Boxer's the working class. Mm-hmm, he's mm-hmm. just a proletariat, just the working class and the peasantry. I mean, like anybody who's just regular, right? Yeah.
0: He's like super strong and he just always works really hard and he's stupid.
1: (laughs) He, you know, he takes that precept and says, well, okay, well then it applies to this, you know, and we'll just, it it is able to be overzealous in things because of their inadequate understanding of animalism or, you know, and and of communism. Right. So they're just, they just take it too far or they, they, do it in a dumb way or whatever. More, more just snootiness from Orwell here saying, regular people, they can't do this. <laughs> they're
0: fucking stupid. Oh, I hate this guy. <laughs> I, I like the euphoria that is described whenever they are like, it's like they're seeing the farm for the first time. And like, yeah, I, there's some like this and, and parts of major speech. Like I'm like this, this tracks, you know?
1: Yeah, they're singing the Beasts of England together. Mm
0: -hmm, mm -hmm. They go through the farmhouse and they're like, whoa, this was so luxurious. And and then they agreed, no one's going to live there. It's a museum, which I'm like, you should have burned this house, but okay. (laughs) (laughs) You burned everything else, but okay.
1: It probably would have solved some problems doing that.
0: It would have. (laughs) Now the pigs are like, hey, guys, we know how to read. So we're going to write down these seven commandments. And the commandments are. Whatever goes upon two legs is an enemy. Whatever goes upon four legs or has wings is a friend. No animal shall wear clothes. No animal shall sleep in a bed. No animal shall drink alcohol. No animal shall kill any other animal. And all animals are equal. There they are. I don't care for the alcohol one. And I also like sleeping in beds and wearing clothes. Again, the ascetic thing just doesn't make sense.
1: Right. Three out of these are... Just those. Yeah. Or just the don't be like man commandments, you know, Mm -hmm. in 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 style rather than in substance. Right. Yes. Don't follow certain behaviors that really have nothing to do with exploiting animals. Right.
0: If instead of doing those rules, they had expounded more on seven. All animals are equal and said, okay, this is what that means. Like you can't boss around other animals like you know, you have to vote on everything, stuff like that,
1: right? Because you know, all animals are equal. If you apply this to all of them, like you could say, okay, no animal shall wear clothes while the rest of the animals can't.
0: Exactly. That's the thing. All right, I'm I'm a Snowball apologist. <laughs> <laughs> I liked Snowball. Yeah. One of the pigs. Well, you're designed to. Yeah, Snowball is fucking cool. He um. So there's these two main pigs. There's Snowball. And there's Napoleon. I'm guessing Napoleon is like Stalin. Yes. Is that who that's supposed yeah, to be? that's okay. right. I think. Because he, he turns that back, guys. Spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> and Snowball, is that Lenin?
1: The snowball is supposed to represent Trotsky.
0: Oh, okay. He's all about innovation and like committees and I don't know. I think he's cool. I like his vision for like, we're going to work less eventually. Like, I I'm kind of jumping ahead here. We'll get to it in a second. Okay. Okay, so then they have to get to work. Uh, They have to start pulling in the hay. And also the cows need milking. And this is the first misstep, which is they milk the cows. And everyone's like, what do we do with it? And Napoleon's like, don't worry about it. And he definitely takes it for himself. And yeah, it's just like, why did y'all let that happen? Well,
1: Okay, but the other, the flip side is, why did that happen? Like, what is the equivalent of, what are they trying to say? I mean cuz Orwell's pigs take from step 1 they're never trying to do anything they never seem like they're trying to do anything for anybody's good but themselves. And like what it say what you will about him about the leaders of the Soviet Union it does seem like they were trying to chart the course that they thought was best rather than just trying to enrich themselves. Some of them may have done that, but I don't think it was like their primary motivation.
0: I think it's weird that it happens Immediately. Yeah. Like, this is the next day after the revolution, and this motherfucker's like, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and start, like, skimming, literally skimming milk off the top.
1: Yeah. Like...
0: <laughs> I think I would have bought it if this was more of a gradual thing or if it happened. And it is kind of gradual. Like, it escalates, obviously. But, like, I think it's super weird it started right away. Like, I think it would have been more interesting if they had, like, just a straight several months, everyone's equal, it's awesome, and then some shit starts going on. But it happens immediately, and it feels like this, quote, unquote, human nature kind of thing. Mm. ha, ha. ha. You know, yeah, it just feels like this is inevitable. Someone's going to fuck it up.
1: Yeah. And I think for Orwell, that's not like that's not a bad characterization of something he would believe. I mean, you know, he as a democratic socialist, he's he has some notion that there needs to be some sort of a, a state, some sort of, you know, a, a people's organization of some sort. I mean, you know, and he he was with kind of with the anarchist groups and whatnot. But I mean, I think that he's a lot softer in terms of his socialism and stuff, he's not like a super, super radical guy. And it seems, I don't know, one of the things that comes across to me in the book overall is this like desire for kind of a common, quote unquote, common sense approach.
0: My big, besides the intelligence hierarchy, which I just think is fascist. I don't know of many other ways to parse that out because it sounds like everyone has a place, mm-hmm. which is what that is. <laughs> but besides that, my big issue is that I can't tell what his ideal is like you were talking about like what is the perfect farm here that the it's only pigs or like what do you want because you're clearly unhappy with the current system and you think that no matter what it is inevitable that corruption is going to happen if you try to go for communism. like what is the fucking solution like that's why i call him our reply guy he's just like "Eh, nothing's gonna work and like (laughs) i'm skipping ahead i can't hold it in anymore i gotta fucking talk about benjamin the worst character in this book
1: benjamin is is that the self-insert donkey donkey? yes he is the self-insert donkey
0: (laughs) he he's just this guy every time he's like i don't want to get involved but like he knows what's going on like he'll be like "Mm, i thought he's live a long time oh oh i hate this donkey so much yeah Ugh.
1: well okay i i think i know what Orwell's good out you know good ending
0: what's his ideal
1: his ideal is that old major stays alive and they run things the way that that first meeting ran. Okay. So this works well if you really barely ever have any problems, you know, and it should be fine. But remember that first meeting, right? they say, okay, well, let's put it to a vote Are the rats and everything. Are they comrades? You know, and they have a vote and if they're, you know, there's a divide, but they have a majority decision and they do it. Orwell's critique as someone who, you know, is critical of of Stalin's Soviet Union or whatever is always like totalitarianism, right? Like there's no democracy. We should have more. So he would say, well, we just need to do that. But like vote, you know, have some sort of parliamentary mechanism or just some sort of popular democracy like in like like Soviets or whatever. Do it. And
0: but according to him, everyone's too stupid.
1: (laughs) Yeah. It's a combo of good pigs and I guess everyone else just has to be virtue. They're too stupid to be good, really. But like (laughs) they have to, you know. Yeah. It's yeah. It doesn't really seem like there's a good way out of it because I mean, still, had he come up with animalism, you still had to have some enlightened pig come tell you I've seen the mountaintop. Like, here's the good thing. Yeah. Like
0: it doesn't seem like he's offering any solutions just like fucking benjamin it's just like i'm just gonna sit back and watch this shit happen and just like and and i i you're talking about how he was involved in these kind of left causes but he spent most of his time shitting on the left Mm -hmm. and it's like i totally agree you can critique from within but if you're doing it to the point where like most people only know you for that yeah (laughs) Like, your two seminal books are about shitting on communism. Maybe you did something wrong. Yeah. (laughs) Like, maybe you should have spent more time shitting on capitalism because they're the ones in charge right now. Like, I, that's my big issue. So, like, you're not helping.
1: (laughs) Yes, I I would agree with that for sure. Like, you do need critical voices. You're right. For sure, for sure. But he did spend entirely too much of his effort on it.
0: (laughs) Yes, to the point where it's like, I... I assumed he was just rampantly conservative based on this book.
1: (laughs) Right? Yeah. And and that's a reason that that, that's why it's taught in middle schools and whatnot is just as an anti-communist piece, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's strange because if you do read it, you know, from a communist perspective, there's like glimpses where you can tell he's he's trying to give socialism as he sees it, whatever that, you know, like a version of socialism that is good. Or at least mm-hmm. good intentioned, maybe is as far as he goes, you know. Yes, uh, maybe too idealistic to really work, but like it's nice, right? He does, you know. There's that portrayal, but it fucks up, right?
0: <laughs> well, I, I think it's not that it fucks up. It, he paints it as if this is an inevitable fuck up, like this cannot work.
1: I think so, based on his like, yeah, maybe it's just a function of setting the allegory on an on literal like farm with different species, but that dooms it to failure. <laughs>
0: Mhm, it definitely does. Like I, I don't see how you get around then,
1: that. Then yeah, that's kind of what you're saying about it. Just it's a fascist idea. I know he's not a fascist, but it's a fascist idea to have people everyone has a certain place in society mm-hmm. like innate to them.
0: Yeah, that's pretty weird. <laughs> that's pretty gross.
1: Uh, so continuing with our synopsis.
0: All right, we're on chapter 3 now if you're following along. They get the hay harvest in. They do even faster than Jones ever did. This is kind of where I understand a little bit why the pigs are in charge of, like, they're they're kind of supervising it. And, like, they're – it's a little vanguard party kind of thing of, like, yeah, they know, like, how to run things. I'm like, that's fine. Mm -hmm. But I, I think, again, the problem is that no one else has the chance to try to do that, too
1: they're just so radically different in ability, I think Mm -hmm. is where we're getting hung up on because like, it would make sense if you have like cleverer animals and dumber animals, but within a narrow enough range to where like, yeah, like some people like end up, you know, with certain skills and stuff that they develop or that they are, you know, feel like they have a natural tendency or whatever. Like, yeah, like you're going to have people who are better suited to, you know, they're, they're big and strong, they can work and stuff. And you got, you know, nerds who are not as big and strong and, have, you know, <laughs> be in the intelligentsia, fine. But it's just such a big gulf between them there's like you could never have Boxer working out the plants, nor could you ever have the pigs building the windmill. Like it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It, it's just, it's cartoonish. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I, I like his positive portrayal of of how it feels whenever you're producing your own food and you know the land is yours and you know with the worthless parasitical human beings mm-hmm. gone there is more for everyone to eat and it just it does sound very idyllic
1: so i don't know that's the part you have to gloss over if you're trying to teach this in an anti-communist way like american schools doing stuff is like yeah you just have to be like yeah you know they had a little bit of time but Obviously, it was already on its way out. We saw them steal milk already, so Mm -hmm, we know mm -hmm. that this is soon to fail. But, sure, they thought it was nice for a little bit, you know?
0: Yeah. I I would hope for, like, a kid reading this book in class just to be like, well, why? That's my big review it didn't have to be this way.
1: Yeah. Like, why? Clearly, there was something good here. Yeah.
0: (laughs) And he even says everyone worked according to his capacity. I mean, yeah, that's straight up Marx. That's mm-hmm. cool. Shits on Molly some more because she like, doesn't like working and all that. She would like disappear and just kind of avoid work. So is it just the argument that like, yeah, some people will just not work?
1: The most charitable reading of it is a class critique of the petty bourgeois, the people who had it good beforehand, right? Molly is not depicted as really suffering beforehand, I think. So people like that, you know, they just want their creature comforts to continue and, and they're not really into the whole hardworking thing, which yeah, makes sense.
0: Yeah. I mean, you're going to have some of that. And same with the cat. I, I thought this line was strange, though. So, like, they're, they're he's talking about how the cat would disappear, too.
1: Mm-hmm. It says,
0: but she always made such excellent excuses and purred so affectionately that it was impossible not to believe in her good intentions. <laughs> I'm curious. on like the... the the metaphor for that, like what? Again, who, I know you. We said she's like the self interested person, but like, I guess she's just like very persuasive, or like, because <laughs> that, that one is one a weird was passage. Yeah,
1: I didn't think of that.
0: Listeners, if you know who the cat is, let us know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, that's to me. It came across as like very opportunistic people. Maybe I'm closest to the criminal analogy of just of just someone who's like skating by, whatever. But I don't know why they're so beloved, but
0: yeah yeah that's the part that was confusing I'm like why do they like her then like i don't know I, I maybe maybe it was just something about how it was a female and she still liked because she like purrs or something and i was like is it because she's hot or something you know what mm. i mean like is it because she can get away with it i don't know
1: i need to do more man i'm i've got that weakness <laughs> i don't i don't, don't see it gender? yeah
0: good for you yeah, must I, be I, nice I suck. that's
1: what i mean It's it's bad <laughs> <laughs>
0: fine it's fine uh, i'm hyper vigilant i'll make up for it all right <laughs> all right then we get to like their sunday ceremony they raise the flag they sing beast of england they then do meetings and they're like basically debates
1: i like their flag it sounds cool
0: it sounds like a good flag
1: A green flag a hoof and a horn on there like the hammer and sickle you know
0: that sounds great nope. sounds classy <laughs> so yeah they have these meetings and again it's always the pigs who put forward the resolutions the other animals understood how to vote but could never think of any resolutions of their own that's stupid yes that's just like not how people work it's
1: a bad representation of it too because i mean if you think about it when the february revolution happens right and you have the provisional government this is when we had the time of dual power where the workers themselves had set up soviets workers councils to do things and it's not like the workers were just sitting there dumb as fucking horses or whatever they are in this (laughs) like they were legitimately putting shit out there themselves i mean you did have you know you did have leading bolsheviks there trying to do their thing too but you have you know but within the bolshevik party and within all the other parties you have workers trying to do things for themselves we're not Stupid animals that can only get a little bit of the <laughs> alphabet. You know, we're—it's just a terrible representation of it.
0: <laughs> yeah, it just doesn't make any sense. And like, and the next paragraph, they talk about how Snowball's organizing committees, and I'm like, if you wanted to make this metaphor work a little more, you could say, you know, the animals form subcommittees and they like bring up resolutions through the committees. Like, I would buy that a little bit more because that maybe could represent Soviets, but mm-hmm. like, just having it. I think, too, the scale of this is also an issue where, like, it's a pretty small farm. Like, everyone should be able to vote and understand and debate, like, pretty easily.
1: Right. It doesn't need to be so specialized because.
0: It's not a huge country you're running. It's a fucking farm.
1: Yeah, that makes (laughs) sense. Which
0: I'm sure it's hard. I only have Stardew Valley to go off of. But, like, don't think that works. And also, I don't understand what the committees are for.
1: (laughs) He organizes the animals into the. Egg Production Committee, the Clean Tail League, <laughs> the Wild Comrades Reeducation Committee, the wider rule would be cute movement. stickers. So, yeah, I don't know. This sounds to me kind of like the ComSomal or like the the Young Communist League or mm. the, uh, what was that called? The Dell, the Women's Department. And to give each animal group like their own representation, like, their own like group to be in, I guess.
0: Yeah. Again, I would have liked it more if like, and, and this, I guess, does happen later with the, the chickens kind of do a little strike. But I think it'd be interesting if they brought up issues from those committees like, oh, this became a problem because then like the hens wanted this, but the sheep wanted this or something like that. OK,
1: yeah, yeah.
0: That could be interesting. Instead,
1: he just says "Ah, eh, it failed.
0: <laughs> yeah, this just doesn't work.
1: <laughs> Can't do that. Can't have the animals doing things for themselves. They're like, too dumb. <laughs>
0: Yeah. And and again even further hierarchy of the the wild animals like they can't even kind of understand things. They're just like nope. <laughs> when treated with generosity, simply took advantage of it. That that's what they do.
1: <laughs> yeah, so maybe they're representing along with the cat, maybe some sort of criminal element or something. Mhm. Like that's low lives. Well, and that's yeah, that's more human nature you know. Exactly. Orwell's side of it anyway.
0: Let's see. Benjamin could read, but never exercised his faculty. Cool. thanks, Benjamin. Cool life, Benjamin. Really (laughs) helpful dude. Clover couldn't put words together. Boxer couldn't get beyond the letter D. Oh, he's so sad. I (laughs) I liked Molly. She only learned the letters in her name and would, like, decorate it with twigs and stuff, which fucking cracks me
1: up. Molly is portrayed as just hateable in some... But, like, Molly... think she's got it like yeah she's funny she's they should have listened to molly and like given her more things yeah her
0: ribbons she just likes nice things she would have been
1: totally on board if they'd be like yeah let's you know one of these committees is like the fashion committee molly would be in it
0: yes absolutely (laughs) yeah she'd be like oh i made ribbons for everybody yeah it's like
1: you probably have the material Uh, for that somewhere
0: I'm a, I, maybe I'm too much of a Molly. <laughs> Tag yourself. I'm Molly. <laughs> oh,
1: shit. Which animal are we? So you're Molly.
0: I love sugar and I love hair accessorizing. Yeah, I'm an idiot. <laughs> I also like Snowball. Though. Snowball's
1: good, but Snowball's not accurate for Trotsky either. He's tr- he's more representing like the anti-Stalin opposition broadly than, St- than Trotsky himself. But that's what everyone traditionally draws him as is just... Yeah. Uh, I'm old major. This is too much shit for me. I just die before it's done, before it even happens. <laughs>
0: just kidding. Yeah, I'm going to leave. I'm here to All give right, you guys my big out.
1: dream. And then I'll <laughs> die. And you guys can take care of the rest of it.
0: <laughs> it sounds like you're going to die after we finish this podcast. No,
1: hopefully not. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, Okay. Again, the stupidity becomes a problem because they start reducing the commandments to... Four legs good, two legs bad, which this becomes a problem.
1: Immediately, the birds are like, but what about us? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, which I thought was interesting because they, they say this is where I think they could use more detail, not less. And if the people weren't the animals weren't stupid, they could do this. So Snowball explains a hand is a, a manipulative thing. Um, so it's not a leg. It's an instrument with which man does all of his mischief. And if you just extrapolate that to not talk about however many legs or limbs you have, but like the actions you do with those limbs, that would be way better of a rule of like, hey, don't fucking boss people around and like whip people and do bad things.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense.
0: I, I think this is the start of their slide into oversimplification, which leads to like bad interpretation of animalism right
1: yeah this is where they first say hey 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 uh you only need to load the basics the pigs will take care of the rest so listen to us
0: exactly it just and like the sheep start like bleeding this all the time which that comes back (laughs)
1: let's
0: see oh napoleon starts getting interested in education by stealing himself some puppies
1: Yeah, (laughs) he just adopts them immediately. And I guess the dogs are like, that's fine.
0: Yeah, right. I'd be like, "Uh, no, this is not what we agreed on, but okay. And then, yeah, we learn where the milk went, which was into the pig's mash. And now they're getting the apples and fucking Squealer, who is like their propaganda guy, I guess. Um, he explains, like, oh, you don't think we're doing this because we want to? Like, I don't even like milk and apples. This is just because we use more brain power, so we need more food. And it's just really terrible.
1: Yeah. Uh, Squealer's interesting. So Napoleon is Stalin, Snowball is Trotsky. And Squealer, is his mannerisms are modeled, I think, off of uh, Vyacheslav Molotov.
0: They describe him as like really persuasive and like energetic.
1: See, that's the part that, so Molotov was never the propaganda minister. Um, so they don't really have like that sort of a an alignment. But the reason I say that is because Molotov could really twist things in whatever way. I think at some point they, they mentioned that like he could turn white to black or something. And Molotov had that way about Stalin. I mean, like he was, he was crucially loyal to Stalin all the time. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, like his wife got detained and everything, and but he was, and he was like, "No, she must be a traitor," you know. I think I, you
0: told me about this guy. Yeah, okay. like
1: he was steadfastly loyal the whole time, and could like himself mentally like twist whatever it needed to be. He was always going to be, you know, the Communist Party he was always right. You know, Napoleon was always right for him. That's why I think he's kind of the model for it. Even though this, he's not really this charismatic guy or something it's not like that
0: but maybe it's a combination yeah yeah and he squealer's like oh but you know if the pigs mess up then jones would come back and you wouldn't want that and he's just you know creating this boogeyman situation
1: i think this part is also weak like the pigs seem to be doing things secretly and like only for their own interests when there's an argument to that you could make, which would be cleverer. I think is that the pigs would be, would just tell everyone like, Hey, we need to do these sorts of things. This sort of diet works better for us. What do you say? You know, and people might vote it in. It's like, mm, they don't have to, to be, be more
0: upfront about it. Yeah.
1: And it's the way that it's depicted in the book is just, Oh, these scheming people wanting power. Right. They want power and privileges because that's just how people are. And so they corrupt it. Whereas like, I think people, I don't know. I just don't think people have that, like that stupid of a motivation. Like they're not just (laughs) out for it for themselves. Like they're trying to accomplish a mission. It's an inadequate analysis of the actions of the Soviet union to say that its leaders were just trying to rob the place. And usually a better way to look at it is they're trying to solve problems and they might do it in a way that doesn't look good. And maybe they make a mistake or lots of mistakes or really big mistakes. But usually they're not just trying to, like, line their pockets gratuitously.
0: Like, I think the more interesting conflicts from this book come from the more like natural disasters and stuff like that were like yeah that's a conflict that the soviet union absolutely faced mm-hmm. and you know things like weather and famine and shit like that Whereas this is just corruption for corruption's sake like it, and it, again it's immediate and it's it's very obvious and i just i don't buy it i'm just like okay is it just again the animals are too stupid to protest is it just that like because, cause, I mean, if they were even kind of smart, they could be like, well, um, Boxer's moving everything on this farm. He should be eating the most.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, maybe there's there, there are good elements to it that I think are co-opted by the right into this is bad about communism. Right. But there there can be good elements in this if you read it the right way. So maybe the privileges that the pigs get or the party gets. Right. the, the intelligentsia or whatever. I mean, there was, they did have it materially better for themselves than did like factory workers or whatever, especially people out in the countryside. Oh yeah. So you could raise, you know, you could raise a critique like, okay, well there are privileges that the party gets. It's not, I don't think it's this nefarious thing, but it is something that should be debated in society. And like, can we find ways to, to not do that, you know, to provide for everybody. Um, the right wing would just say, well, that's just communism. Some people just take for themselves, you know, and it's dumb
0: (laughs) as if that doesn't happen in capitalism. Well, yeah,
1: right. Uh, (laughs) But I guess I mean that like, it's fine with, within a socialist state to be like, Hey, we should, you know, we shouldn't be letting inequality set in or anything. Like, I think that's fine. Clumsy way to, to depict it in the book, I think. And, And there's also the issue of like the separation of the, of the, Animals as just the rest of the animals are just being like workers of air ver- of various sorts just toiling away, and then the pigs increasingly like separating themselves off and and doing only the brain work like
0: it's more of a spectrum than that,
1: yeah, there's gonna be functionaries and stuff, but like in a there's a good left critique, I guess, and this is where my my good old pal, the mass line I always bring it up is you know. If you have a good connection with the party and the people, then you won't suffer that. I don't know if Orwell is really advocating that. Maybe he saw himself as doing that. But I guess that's a better way to look at it than like the right wing, what you're going to get in school version of it, which is just like...
0: This is going to happen for sure.
1: Right. Yeah. Some dictator is going to try to take power and, you know, maybe, but that's not inherent to...
0: Yeah. If you have enough checks. And I think that's the problem with how this whole thing is run, is that there's there are no checks on these pigs. They can do whatever the fuck they want, and because everyone is fucking stupid, they say okay,
1: <laughs> which right. is just yeah. dumb.
0: It's just not how yeah. it works. It's very, like, victim-blaming. Like, well, if only people weren't so stupid, <laughs> they could have stopped stalling. Uh, okay. Chapter four, they gave us a little update on Jones. He's, like, just drinking himself to death, and he's sad. News of the rebellion has spread to other farms. And they also introduce us to the kind of antagonist characters of Mr. Pilkington and Mr. Frederick, who own the neighboring farms. But I, I like this characterization of how these rumors about the farm are spreading um, and animals start kind of like acting out and the farmers are like really freaked out. They think their own animals or even employees might catch on, which I thought was very funny. But they, and they <laughs> so they start spreading bad rumors about animal Farm that they do cannibalism and torture and all this shit (laughs) so which it's just it is what happens when when you're trying to start shit about communism
1: yeah and it definitely was i mean you know you look at like the first red scare and stuff like that all that comes right on the heels of the Bolshevik revolution i mean they were trembling in their boots they were super afraid that their head was next Mm -hmm. you know and they gave a lot of concessions in those years. <laughs> <laughs> they gave a lot to us to try to keep us uh from tearing them to pieces and, and taking power for ourselves. And they just don't have that sort of fear anymore, it doesn't look like
0: they really don't. They don't give a fuck.
1: <laughs> the animals didn't believe it, right? They were they were like, no, this is you know, that's bullshit. They were they were kind of ready for something like that to happen.
0: Yeah, like the the song Beast of England spreads across the country and everyone starts, like, starting shit, basically.
1: Then we have the human invasion.
0: Yes, the Battle of the Cowshed. All right, so Snowball fucking crushes it in this battle. He, like, leads because he read about Julius Caesar. He, like, does diversion and a surprise attack and all this shit. Long story Mm -hmm. short, they manage to kick the humans out again i do like boxer thinks he kills a boy and he feels really bad about it i thought he was he's just really sweet he's like i don't i don't want to take a life even a a human life and snowball kind of chastises him for
1: it (laughs) no yeah no sentimentality war is war now that's a pretty good trotsky
0: (laughs) yeah yeah that definitely is (laughs) molly hit during the fight which that's a mood okay fuck i think i'm molly. i mean
1: you're molly i'm yeah. molly
0: i hate violence i like pretty things <laughs> <laughs> and then they they give oh, it doesn't matter the decoration the medals
1: and the guns i mean it does kind of matter uh they had previously abolished ribbons right
0: oh you know i didn't even think about that like our medals like clothes
1: yeah i mean it was just some old horse brasses they said but It's something. It's a little decoration.
0: It is a little decorative.
1: They should have just given, like, three medals to Molly for hiding. Very good.
0: (laughs) Good job at hiding. Oh, just to keep her happy?
1: It was um, a covert operation. So Yeah, just to keep her happy. Just keep her (laughs) on their side.
0: (laughs) Oh. So, yeah, they, they come up with animal hero first class and animal hero second class. I'm sorry. The dead sheep should have gotten first class. That's the one that actually died. Like, yeah, <laughs> I thought that was bullshit.
1: They should just been animal hero.
0: Yeah. You don't need a classic, guys. No classes. Um, they decide to fire the gun twice a year. This is I think there's more and more ceremony coming in to to play. And I'm OK with it at first. I'm like, yeah, that's fine. You can do it on the anniversary of the battle and then on the anniversary of the rebellion. But like. I think it just kind of sets up later how they get more and more ceremonial,
1: yeah, I think you're right about that uh, at some point later on, he kind of sets up this whole thing of like, oh, things are really difficult, you know, they're about as difficult as they were before, but when they hear the stirring tune and they see the flag i we'll we'll talk about it a little more later, but mm-hmm. yeah that's the that's what they're leading I think to they' setting think.
0: it up here all right now Molly defects. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm not Molly in that I would not defect.
1: Here's where you depart for the nearest capitalist.
0: (laughs) No, I would never. So yeah, Molly just runs off to another farm. She wants ribbons. She wants sugar. She's over it. They decide to never talk about her again. I know I said I'm a Molly, but I would never defect. Okay. All right. Just making that clear. I just, I do want ribbons, (laughs) but I would not defect for them.
1: We're just, we're just going to make you head of the fashion committee.
0: That's totally fine. I could do that.
1: uh what next the bitter winter
0: okay yeah so again we start getting more and more or i guess less and less democratic so it had come to be accepted that the pigs who are manifestly cleverer than the other animals should decide all questions of farm policy though their decisions had to be ratified by a majority vote and then they talk about how snowball and napoleon just debate all the time
1: there are constantly shifting alliances in the early soviet union we talked about that when we were doing the trotsky episode how they you know like it's not that they were constantly at odds just to be at odds like they just had different opinions about a lot of things this one makes it sounds like it's just for fun (laughs) yeah that they just don't like each other which did have some personal animosities or what have you but it wasn't just
0: this was a much a much less charitable reading of it of like The reason Napoleon didn't like Snowball's plans was because he wanted to take over. Like that was his plan.
1: I don't think that's a really fair at all. You know, and saying that not as someone who thinks that Stalin does everything right. You know, it's uh, Napoleon is portrayed too nefariously, in my opinion. He's he's just I agree evil for evil's sake and just power just to be powerful.
0: I agree, and like they. This is where they bring back the sheep, and they they start interrupting Snowball's speeches with four legs good, two legs bad. So like clearly Napoleon is like trying to form factions, and he like pisses on Snowball's plans for the windmill.
1: Yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> let's, oh yeah, let's talk about the windmill. Okay,
0: yeah, bit. I. This made me love Snowball. because he's he's going fully automated i'm wearing the shirt guys by the way go get a shirt he's going for fully automated luxury gay farm communism (laughs) not space just farm maybe they'll go to space one day but he he wants to build a windmill so that they can build dynamos which i guess is like electric power And he's like, oh, we can heat our stalls. Um, It can do, like, threshing for us. It can, like, do all of the work for us. We'll have a three-day work week, and it's going to be rad.
1: Yes, let's do it.
0: That sounds great. How could anyone be against this? (laughs) They set it up as, one, Napoleon at first doesn't have any reason. He's just like, it's not going to work. Like, (laughs) that's his big reason. And then later they set it up as, Vote for Snowball in the three-day week and vote for Napoleon in the full manger. So he's saying, oh, we should work on increasing food production. They did fine in the last year. It said they did better than Jones. So, like, wouldn't you think logically, okay, if we had, like, a surplus last year, we can definitely knock out this windmill this year?
1: Maybe, I guess, yeah. I mean, I don't know, because the windmill ends up taking so long that, like, it probably wasn't going to get done in a year, but... I don't know, they, doing a lot better than Jones is pretty easy because Jones mm-hmm. ran such a shitty farm, like, you know, <laughs> yeah. doing better than Zara's times, right? Yeah. Pretty easy.
0: easy. And they they got rid of the humans, and you're not eating their, they're not eating eggs, they're not eating, drinking milk, like, you're getting rid of a lot of waste.
1: Yeah. I just think you're still really, really, really far behind what the what they must be doing on the other farms, so they don't they don't get into here. But you're, you know, you have a lot of catching up to do if you're the early Soviet Union compared to the imperial powers. And then they don't after the battle of the Cowshed, they don't really get into like, Hey, these guys are definitely going to be coming back in immediately. Mm-hmm. But in our world that anyway, that was a huge threat. That's so you could point. imagine. If someone's saying like, well, let's fully automate, maybe let's build up our defenses first. Or, you know, that, that would have been better to give Napoleon as a line instead of just saying, well, I don't want to do that. Like,
0: yeah, that's a good point. Know. Cause he doesn't later. Later, they have a debate over here. Actually, that's like the next page. According to Napoleon, what the animals must do was to procure firearms and train themselves in the use of them. And then according to Snowball, they should spread the rebellion, which is that's very Trotsky.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. World Revolution style.
0: Yeah. Which, like, I agree with both of those things. They make sense. I guess I think, yeah, I think you're right. That would have been a stronger argument in the windmill thing because, yeah, the food production, to me at least, they hadn't done enough work setting up the fact that they were like potentially going to struggle. Like later they talk about, Oh, we're running out of like some things that we can't produce here on the farm. Like if they had brought that up earlier, I could maybe see like, yeah, you probably should work to make some money so you can buy those things. But they hadn't done that yet.
1: And they weren't supposed to be trading either. So is not really a reason to produce so much food. It's just exactly. a dumb way to.
0: Exactly. Yeah. That's, that was what was confusing to me too. Cause I'm like, you're not, you're not trying to trade with the other farms. You're not trying to, sell stuff so like why do you need to increase food production you seem to be fine
1: i i think we're thinking about this more than orwell thought about it honestly <laughs> he's not
0: materialist obviously yeah
1: <laughs>
0: oh. he's
1: just like this guy was bad so he had bad ideas <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah i mean, and and that's what it comes to be is that napoleon only said no to the windmill so he could later like turn on snowball like that was it and he just did it because he wanted to be in charge
1: yeah. Speaking of which, let's get that turning going.
0: Oh yeah. Oh, gosh, it always comes sooner. Like I read this. I guess this is now my third time reading, and this is a scan, but it always happens sooner <laughs> than I think. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Napoleon gives a weird sound and calls in the hounds. Basically, the pups he had been raising from puppydom <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> from puppydom that makes it sound so cute, but they're so scary.
1: Yeah, and they they just he just sicks them on Snowball.
0: And they chase him off the farm. Oh, I just noticed this. The dogs are wearing brass studded collars. Another little clothing item we didn't catch.
1: Clothing, yeah. It sneaks in there.
0: Yeah. So yeah, they chase Snowball off the farm. And Napoleon immediately says, no more Sunday morning meetings. The pigs are just going to make the decision in a special committee presided over by himself. And give orders out to the rest of them. You would still come on Sundays to salute the flag and sing the song and get your orders, but there's no more debates. And this next sentence, (laughs) once again, I'm just so I'm just hammering this point home. In spite of the shock that Snowball's expulsion had given them, the animals were dismayed by this announcement. Several of them would have protested if they could have found the right arguments. And they even do like some of the pigs, like four of the pigs Speak up and they complain, and the dogs growl at them and and they get scared, <laughs> so
1: yeah, I mean, and the pigs being the only ones that can possibly do that but.
0: <laughs> again, yeah, Ugh.
1: the Soviet Union didn't its form of government, you know, it can be said didn't allow enough popular input in terms of keeping with what the people wanted or whatever like you know whatever democracy whatever a Soviet democracy would look like, you know, like more more direct input from people, I guess is it's a fair critique. I want to say.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that tracks historically, I think allegorically though, it's like, again, this didn't have to happen. (laughs) This is just bad faith actors.
1: Again, it also comes down to that division between like what he might've meant versus what it functionally ends up being, Mm -hmm. you know, because what he might've meant is probably not to really be a, fervent anti-communist or anti-left thing but that's what it's used as you know
0: i mean you were talking about when he turned over those names and like on all i was thinking was like intent versus impact man it doesn't fucking matter what you meant to do like you fucked people over
1: yeah that's the thing and and you know, that when, he, when he's when he's writing this and saying like yep and then it devolves into a dictatorship <laughs> like that's all you get when you read you know when you read this it's not there's no nuance there's definitely no nuance you know And that's, I don't know. I I feel like maybe we're speaking from how we were taught this book and not by anyone who like came across as like a super right-wing person, (laughs) but just the the regular American interpretation of it, even from a liberal perspective, it's like communism.
0: This is what happens. Looks good on
1: paper, but it doesn't work.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I I wish I could remember more about how this was taught. I want to say it was like maybe late middle school or early high school when I read this.
1: Well, it's like, the these beautiful utopian dreams are can be corrupted by someone seeking power you know allowing this one person who says they can solve it to take over and then everything ends up terrible
0: i mean again though it's not like he was painting mr jones as a good alternative it's not like and the the essence of animalism at the beginning was very good. And like those first few days were very good. So it's not like a pure black and white. I mean, it is a very like heavy handed metaphor or whatever. But I mean, there are some good points about like socialism in there. So it's just it's weird to me that it was taken. So the other way.
1: Well, because it's I think it's an easy move to make yeah? for the right wing, because all you have to do is say, look, you came up with this good sounding idea that mm. actually it was stupid. In theory, and it's happened. cool, but yeah. You should have stuck with Jones and tried to change that system for the better
0: somehow. How would you even, like a pig gets on the inside? Like, I don't even know.
1: No idea. But, you know, it's, it's also just like a sinful Mr. Jones. If he had like a good, you know, you have mm. these good alternatives. You have Pilkington and whatever who are good at running farms. You just need an enlightened despot at the top <laughs> to run it right. And then it's fine.
0: Oh, my God. The
1: problem was that the animals tried to take control in the first place. Mm -hmm. They should have, you know, coming up with their stupid ideas. It should have just been a good farmer in charge.
0: There's no way someone. I mean, I know there are people who come away with it like that, but that's horrifying. (laughs) 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 All right. Uh, So immediately they start like changing people's memories.
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah. Because they're like, wait, but how was Snowball bad?
0: Yeah. Right. so, So Squealer goes around making his rounds, and he says, first off, hey, don't think that Napoleon enjoys taking all this power. It's, you know, he would be happy to let you make decisions for yourselves, but sometimes you might make the wrong decisions, and then where we would we be? <laughs> and then, yeah, he calls Snowball a criminal, and everyone's like, uh, what are you talking about? He was like a war hero. He's like, oh, no, his his part was very exaggerated. He was definitely a criminal. And, and so they just start planting these seeds of doubt in their apparently stupid and gullible minds. <laughs>
1: Which, I mean, they're animals, so maybe they're stupid. But they can talk, so they're not that stupid.
0: Exactly. They can do a lot of things. And Boxer adds, Napoleon is always right to his personal motto list, which includes, I will work harder.
1: Oh, Boxer. I love Boxer. I
0: love though, Boxer, too. He's so sweet. He's a good horsey.
1: But he's got the Stalin did nothing wrong line. He
0: does. <laughs> he's he's a tanky. Yeah.
1: <laughs> a tanky Boxer. Tanky
0: Boxer. Ugh. Okay. Oh, they start saluting at the the old skull of, of Major, of old Major. Mm, yeah. That's kind of weird and ceremonial.
1: Yeah. And this is where he's a little bit Lenin-y because of the embalmed Lenin mm. mausoleum thing, you know?
0: That's right. That's right. Oh, and then Napoleon reveals like, oh, yeah, we're going to build the r- windmill.
1: <laughs> Napoleon apparently was never really opposed to it. He just wanted to draw Snowball out of into rebellion or something right
0: yeah it was let's see yeah that snowball stole his idea and he wanted to get rid of snowball because he was a dangerous character and a bad influence and oh i love this line where squealer calls it tactics and like that's that's (laughs) all he says like oh it's just tactics
1: (laughs) tactics tactics comrades yeah (laughs) so
0: stupid okay chapter six I mean, things get worse. They have to start working more because of the windmill, their rations are reduced. Uh, This line was really stupid. They said that Napoleon abolished like the no work on Sunday's rule. And it says this work was strictly voluntary, but any animal who absented himself from it would have his rations reduced by half. So definitely not voluntary. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So yeah, they they kind of fuck up their regular farming because they're so focused on the windmill and like they describe how difficult it is to build because like, they're animals, and they can't like use their hands. And and this is where they start to feel some of the shortages of things they cannot produce on their own, which I thought this was an interesting point of like, yeah, it is very hard to have a completely isolated utopia. So things like oil and nails and string and, you know, horseshoes, stuff like that. um, They are going to have to figure out how to procure that. So Napoleon's like, okay, we're gonna have to do some sort of trade, which like, sucks but whatever (laughs) so he was planning on selling hay and some crops and maybe eggs but like the hens like didn't believe it at the time they're like oh no they're never gonna make us do that
1: uh and then everyone's like trade i mean we're (laughs) using money now yeah didn't we say not to do that that was one of the things like we're not supposed to Mm -hmm. well it doesn't i mean it is not cleverly done i guess like the new economic policy would have already happened before stalin was in power so there's not really a reason i mean like old majors should have you know or somebody should i don't know it doesn't timeline wise it doesn't work the soviet union was not just this completely moneyless place and then stalin comes in and says money you know
0: yeah i i think it works on like kind of a material level because we always talk about like yeah i Ideally, your utopia, your socialist country, whatever, can produce everything it needs. And it's it's fine. But like we we all know that's actually very difficult to do. And if you have everyone against you, it's not going to work out. So I I didn't hate it.
1: Okay, so it's more a critique of like the dirty details of running a. Socialist state versus something against Stalin. I was just because, like, Stalin did not, he traded with other countries, but so did the Soviet Union before him. So I, I just was like, that's not unique to him. But as a broad thing, you're saying,
0: yeah, I, yeah, I guess because I didn't know as much about the timeline that I was like, yeah, this tracks, like, you're eventually going to have to get something that you can't produce. That's fair. So, yeah, again, Squealer just like fucking gaslights these animals and says, like, no, we never ever passed a resolution about that. Do you have any record? Like, I <laughs>
1: <laughs> Yeah. Where is it written down? Oh mm-hmm. God. Uh, then they have this Mr. Wimper, like lawyer guy.
0: Yeah, so he agrees to be their broker.
1: Oh, I like this. They're talking, um they mention that every human being held it as an article of faith that the farm would go bankrupt sooner or later and above all the windmill would be a failure. You know, they're just like Soviet Union bullshit, never gonna work. But they end up with this like begrudging, this begrudging kind of respect or, for the efficiency of the animals. You know, even though they're like, this is definitely bound to fail. Whatever they're like, yeah, but I mean, they're kind of doing a good job, I guess. You know, it's impressive.
0: I, I like the detail that they they eventually start calling it Animal Farm instead of its old name Manor Farm, as like a, again, like a begrudging respect.
1: They gotta respect you when you take power, somewhat. <laughs>
0: All right, pigs move into the fucking farmhouse. Should have burned it.
1: What, they don't really make use of it at all before then, right? So it didn't serve them any purpose besides eventually to house the pigs.
0: It doesn't. They said it was going to be a museum, but like, it doesn't sound like they had a ton of time to go hang out at a museum. What I, If it was a museum, like you probably should have, I don't know, made it so you couldn't use it. You know what I mean? Like taken down the walls or something like it's all glass walls or I don't know. I I think that was stupid. I think they could have like sold the stuff. I know you're not supposed to use money, but that could, that could have bought you your, your strings and your oil and whatever it is you need.
1: Yeah. I think it's just more of that. Here's some more privilege for the party leaders, Yep which I think that the party leaders did have it nicer than reg, you know, people again, especially living out in the country or whatever. But they were, for the most part, except for maybe at the very top, you know, some of them had more fancier digs or whatnot. They're, the difference between them and the regular people in the Soviet Union is minuscule compared to the difference of like the monsters that run our society yep. and and the, <laughs> and the poor people, you know, and especially yeah. if you take that to the global scale, if you want to say, oh, this is about communism, well, okay, let's zoom out and say, if we're talking about capitalism, the masters of capitalism in the united states versus the global proletariat uh, that's a i mean you're talking about people living less than a dollar a day that's
0: a factory farm where like you know chickens don't have enough room to walk and you know what i yeah. mean like that's that's a disease ridden factory farm
1: yeah so i mean the the disparity is is crazy between the capitalists at the very top and you know the people who are living in shanties and stuff In our world, you know,
0: in capitalism, that's inherently going to happen for as much as the human argument, human nature argument is made to me, that is way more inherent where there are absolutely winners and losers. And that is how the system works. Whereas this is ostensibly, there's not supposed to be winners and losers. And you can put up like safeguards to make sure that doesn't happen. Like this one, it feels like at least there's a chance that won't happen.
1: And you're right. Like his presentation of, I guess, Cap- the capitalist alternative is like an ideal kind of nice farm with like limitations and stuff, but it's not that like gruesome factory farming that we have now. Mm-hmm. Like that's the real that would be the real depiction of it. <laughs> yes.
0: Uh, so yeah, this is just more more luxury and also some more ceremony. They talk about how they only call Napoleon leader now. Clover tries to read the commandments, and Muriel the goat helps her. And says no. It says animals shall no animals shall sleep in a bed with sheets. So the pigs are just amending amendments as they go, <laughs> or amending commandments rather.
1: For one, we talked about that like it shouldn't really matter about the beds thing. It would be better to focus on just the equality thing of it and saying like we shouldn't let any one animal sleep in a bed. But I don't know. They're changing the history is what he's critiquing here.
0: Okay, this is when disaster strikes. There's a storm and they wake up and the windmill is in ruins. Apparently, they built the walls too thin, uh, which I do think it's funny the way they frame it. They're like, oh, some humans say it's because they built the wall too thin. But Napoleon says, no, this was Snowball, (laughs) which cracks me up.
1: (laughs) Yeah, he goes around sniffing and saying, no, Snowball was here.
0: So now they have introduced this total boogeyman. And I think it's really funny how it develops. They are constantly blaming bad luck on Snowball.
1: <laughs> uh, what were the examples? Uh,
0: if, like, a pail of milk got knocked over or something.
1: Uh, yeah. <laughs> Snowball was just all over the place.
0: Oh, he mixed in the time. weed seeds with the crops. It's like, what are you talking He's like about? Cackling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he becomes this, like, Baba Yaga character. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it's very funny. And again, they're just completely rewriting history to serve themselves. And I I mean, did this kind of thing? I mean, I guess they did hate Trotsky after a certain point, but they didn't blame Trotsky for like bad shit that happened to them.
1: I think what he must be referring to here is in the Moscow trials mm. and the, the various trials that they had of people accusing them of being part of a Trotskyist move or like a, a scheme against the government in some way. The Moscow trials, trials are actually like a series of trials. Uh, there are three of them, the case of the Trotskyite Zinovievite terrorist center, the case of the anti-Soviet Trotskyist center, and the case of the anti-Soviet block of rights and Trotskyists. So
0: these names are uh, super neutral.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's just, you know, and, and they're very, very, you know, Sectors of society eventually they, and you know, part of the great purge they go after uh members of like the army and stuff and and trying to weed out anyone who's suspected of having Trotskyist sympathies or whatnot. So they kind of start seeing Trotsky behind every it's not such petty things as that, <laughs> but like they start seeing schemes all over the place, and people get accused of being wreckers. Um, or sabotagers anytime, you know, something bad happens at their factory or it underproduces or whatnot.
0: To me, it reads as, like, another point towards, like, superstition kind of taking over in like, ceremony versus superstition and, and how that becomes ingrained in these animals' like worldview. Because later they do the opposite with Napoleon. They'll be like, oh, I laid eggs, as, you know, by Napoleon's blessing, that kind of thing, right. you know. Yeah. Chapter seven, it's winter. The humans are still talking shit about them being like, Oh, the windmill fell down because was too thin. And that, you know, the animals are doing cannibalism and infanticide. And so Napoleon does some PR work with Mr. Wimper. He lets him like tour the farm and lets him see these, um, conspicuously full, like storage of grain, even though it's mostly filled with sand with grain at the top. <laughs> um, he gets the sheep to talk about how rations have been increased, um so he gets him to like spread like that Animal Farm is doing fine.
1: This is Orwell's kind of takedown of anybody who's saying anything good about the Soviet <laughs> Union. He's saying they're an idiot, they've been duped. Which I'm sure they did PR campaigns and stuff like that. I'm not, you know, saying that it's a hundred percent they were always reporting the truth, but it's not that they were complete idiots either.
0: This is this happens a little later too, with Squealer's reports and his figures. And some of them I'm like some of those did happen though. Like he talks about how like, Oh, your life expectancy is better. You know, your water quality is improved all this stuff. And I'm like, I mean, they did improve quality (sighs) of life in the Soviet Union. Like there are numbers on that. And like, you'd have to look at only the really like bad faith sources for that to not be true.
1: Right. Yeah. And I do think on the individual firm level or the sector level, even if you look at like, um, regions uh, like the directors of various regions they would inflate their reports to the government mm-hmm. saying like oh we had this quota but we exceeded it you know because we're good um more often they would they would just like um underset the quota like oh we estimate that we can only produce like this much but then overproduce and be like look at us we're good you know but it wasn't uh, I, I, yeah i think i think you're right that like their stats would have actually been better. And I think at some point he says, you know, it's definitely not worse than it was when we were with Jones. So he kind of admits, you know, it's not this starvation sort of thing. But I think that's underselling it, you know,
0: at first he's like, okay, like they, they did better than Jones. And it's like, all right, they, they did it a little better just because they happen to be more efficient because they can like, you know, poop straight in the field or whatever.
1: Yeah. (laughs) It just kind of
0: degrades to like, okay, now it's like worse, you know,
1: right yeah and uh, that part's just wrong like you said there are numbers that back that up i mean the cia themselves were giving reports saying like yeah the average soviet citizen consumes more calories than the average american that's crazy
0: all right i like this part i mean i don't like the outcome but i think it's interesting oh oh oh, here we go the chickens come home to roost Uh, (laughs) they end up having to sell eggs to get more food for the winter Uh, They go up to the rafters and lay their eggs up there so that they break whenever they, you know, fall to the ground. And Napoleon acted swiftly and ruthlessly. He cuts off their rations and nine hens die and the eggs get delivered.
1: Yeah. I was thinking that this was maybe referring to the famine.
0: Mm, That's a good point because, yeah, well, yeah, because the famine has caused just, hmm, okay, I'm thinking. It's a famine. I mean, it's just, yeah, natural ha- happenings. On the farm, it's because they kind of did a shitty job because they're so focused on the windmill, but it's fine.
1: Yeah, it's... it's- Natural conditions and also like the collectivization efforts. And the mm-hmm. uh, to me, at least maybe the hens were playing the role of the kulaks, right? The more well-off peasants who said, no, we're not going to do that. We're going to kill our livestock and set fire to the fields. And then, I mean, they, you know, they do face punishment for that and stuff. Um,
0: and, uh, and the fact that Napoleon cuts off the food, that's like him exacerbating the famine.
1: Yeah. Now, in real history the Soviet union does try to like send aid and stuff to Ukraine. It's not this, a lot of the sources that report on what they call the Holodomor relying on like Nazi type people and stuff in, in Ukraine. But like we mentioned in the, I think cause we did that episode where we talked about it. The overall conclusion was that the government probably mismanaged it in ways that, you know, Stalin being a part of that mismanaged it in ways that made it worse. Here, I think that Orwell is being more direct and just saying that he does it, you know, that he leads it.
0: Yeah, I agree.
1: I don't know if that's directly what they're trying to say.
0: Yeah, like, it it could just be like, a, I don't know, some sort of labor strike or something, but I don't know.
1: It could be. I mean, they had debates over labor unions and eventually it was decided that, you know, you guys don't need to have any input in this. Oh, great. But they didn't like kill, you know, cut off their rations and starve them.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And this is where Napoleon is starting to consider selling some timber to one of the neighboring farms. And a dude just really fucks this up entirely. Um, he's, he starts playing the farms against each other because one of them doesn't lower their price. And so he's like, all right, well, you know, he goes back and forth between which one he's going to sell to. And it definitely does not work out. Part of this campaign of, of uh, a smear campaign against the farm is that squealer declares that snowball sold himself to frederick who's on pinchfield farm just one of the neighboring farms and that snowball was actually in league with jones from the very start
1: and everyone's just like hold on what
0: <laughs> yeah like even boxer speeds up which i th- i think is like such a telling thing of like even boxer knows this is fucked up he's so loyal yeah. and so stupid and he even he's like uh i don't think that's right
1: yeah we're like we saw him he got wounded
0: yeah he got like grazed with a bullet and so squealer's like no he totally planned that napoleon was the one that like bit jones or whatever (laughs) so Mm -hmm. so he describes it very well and all the fucking animals are like okay sure
1: Moxer still says though. Oh, I like. I this. do not believe that Snowball was a traitor at the beginning. What he has done since is different, but I believe that at the Battle of the Cowshed, he was a good comrade.
0: I liked that. I like that he stood yeah. up for him. It's annoying that he's so easily taken down because he's like, "Well, Napoleon said it," and he's like, "Oh, Napoleon's always right." But I wish they had pushed back more.
1: <laughs> yeah, because I uh, and I think that maybe it's not a good representation of the working class because I do think the the people of the soviet union even when the whole trotsky stuff breaks nobody was thinking like oh trotsky was an asshole from the Mm revolution no nobody thought that it would have been ridiculous to say so even if the government was trying to portray him as this like fascist from the start or whatever they were just like no that's not (laughs) it there's no way we'll say maybe you know like you said maybe he turned at some point okay but i saw that he was leading the red army in the civil war like no there's no way plenty of (laughs) times to fuck us over we were near death could have done it didn't so
0: (laughs) and then squealer kind of does a low-key threat of oh like there's definitely secret agents here and this is just purge time guys we get to purge. Purge time (laughs) they get called into the yard and the four pigs that initially protested and and said, "Hey, we still want to have meetings and debates." They get pulled forward by the dogs. This part I don't super get. They say the dogs taste of blood and like kind of go crazy, and one of them and three of them end up attacking Boxer. And I'm like, "What does that mean? Why Boxer? What, if he's the working class, what does that mean?"
1: Uh, I'm not sure what the parallel there is. It's because if he's the working class, then so it's like they go a little too crazy, like they start just going after regular people mm-hmm. and. The people are like, hey, what the fuck? You know, Napoleon's like, don't go after the regular people. Mm-hmm. Just go after the big traders or something like because the purges don't get a lot of like ground level people. It's it mostly is people mostly in the a party leadership or mostly people in those sorts of positions like okay. they, you know, people do get thrown in jail and stuff. I don't want to say that it that it's 100 percent, you know, this clean party. Yeah, you know, only within the party.
0: I guess what they're saying is there could be casualties, like bystander casualties.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, but by and large, it wasn't. I don't know if that's what he's trying to portray. Because, I mean, Boxer does fight him off. Just basically just says, fuck that. Like, we're <laughs> too strong, you know? Yeah.
0: Yeah. And then Napoleon tells him to let the dog go. And he just does it. So, like, it's just a weird metaphor. More Purge stuff. Everyone starts confessing to crimes. And... My question here, and I think this applies to a lot of, I guess, the real-life purges, too. I mean, why would you confess?
1: <laughs> there are many reasons. One, chief among which is torture.
0: Okay. You know. So they're not torturing here. Do you think the pigs, like, or the dogs or somebody threatened these animals, like, families or something? I In the book, I don't understand.
1: We're doing more thought, again, than Orwell put okay. into it. Okay. Uh, for Orwell, <laughs> yeah, they just, you know. They just did a lot of most of the confessions come from torture uh like you said the threatening of families that sort of is usually enough to get people to do. Uh, i guess the odd case of someone actually doing some conspiring or what have you Uh, but that's typically what did it i don't think he felt the need to put that in here he just
0: that's why i didn't understand because i'm like if this is Okay, you know, putting the parallel aside, logically, why the fuck would these animals confess? And some of these are for crazy things. Like, oh, I pissed in the drinking pool. Like, did he actually piss in the drinking pool? Is he just saying this? Like, they murdered a ram? Which I'm like, why didn't that come up in the book? Like, we talked about some milk going missing, but we didn't talk about an animal getting getting murdered.
1: murdered? Yeah. (laughs)
0: Like, I just didn't understand where this was coming from. And like, I, I didn't understand the motivation behind confessing. And I didn't understand, like... I just didn't understand it
1: <laughs> in the book is not portrayed. Well, okay. it's just out of the blue. Just, Hey, I also did this. <laughs> it's like, like a
0: mass hysteria. But it's crazy. Now
1: the time to tell everyone, <laughs> you know.
0: especially after the first people get murdered, you know, yeah. I could see if it's like,
1: they have a death wish. Is, <laughs> me too. I'm actually
0: really tired of working and I'd like to die.
1: <laughs>
0: if Molly were still here, she'd be like, I'm hiding all kinds of sugar. <laughs> okay. Okay. What would have made more sense? because this kind of reminded me of like a self-criticism thing. What would have made more sense is if they didn't kill the pigs at first, they just like said, well, Hey, let's talk about this. Let's open up a, a conversation and let's all talk about what we've done wrong. And they get these people to all confess and then they turn on them. That would have been more interesting.
1: Ooh, that's pretty good. That's more like a male struggle session though.
0: Exactly. And which, you know, time <laughs> period wise, I guess doesn't super work, but like, I think that would have been more interesting and more believable than like, these animals are so fucking stupid. They could just not confess.
1: (laughs) You're right. Yeah, it's not very well done. But I do think it's interesting because afterward, you know, they're sitting there. So many people have been killed. Mm -hmm. They said since Jones had left the farm until today, no animal had killed another animal. And it's just so I guess I get it in the story. But this is another one where it doesn't track. Because the Great Purges are not the Soviet people's first experience with, I mean, they had the Russian Civil War. Yeah, yeah. They've been bathing in blood up until that point. Like, it's, you know, it's not going to become as a shock. That's just some place where, you know, one example of how it doesn't line up very well.
0: That's a good point. See, I'm glad we did this because <laughs> I'm learn I'm relearning stuff, which is, again, terrible. I like the scene of everyone is so shaken from it that they all go like cuddle together. Yeah, <laughs> I want to cuddle with these s- animals.
1: <laughs> they sing a beast of England.
0: Yeah. And this is that really frustrating paragraph where Clover is like she she thinks about how like this isn't what we fought for. This isn't what we were celebrating when we did the rebellion. Like this is not good. But then at the end, it says, such were her thoughts, though she lacked the words to express them. I'm like, seems like she's got a lot of the words if she's thinking. Like, I don't know how her horse brain works. I don't know if she just right. only thinks in pictures and not words. But, like, surely she could kind of express something. Like, I thought she that was weird. She can speak. Yeah, she can talk.
1: <laughs> she doesn't have to write it.
0: Yeah, I thought that was weird.
1: Yeah, well, soon thereafter, they outlaw... The beast of England.
0: I thought this was interesting. So yeah, Squealer says, that was the song of the rebellion for, and it was like a longing for a better society. We're already in that better society. I don't fucking buy this as a parallel (laughs) and also in the book. Again, they're playing on the fact that the animals have a bad memory and that like they don't actually remember what they were fighting for or whatever. In the book, yeah, you could say, well, it's not better. We wanted the three-day work week. We wanted for everyone to like, not kill anybody, stuff like that. And in in terms of the parallel, I mean, ostensibly weren't they still fighting for true communism?
1: It's not certainly not during Stalin's time. Uh, Later on, I think it's during the Brezhnev era, the Soviet Union kind of says we've reached a stage of, we've kind of implemented socialism or like we're in like a mature stage of socialism. Like we're trying to develop closer to communism, you know, but we have essentially, we did it. Arrived at socialism.
0: <laughs> wow, mission accomplished. And
1: we're trying to, yeah, we're trying to improve on that, or we're 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 trying to mature it and that sort of thing. Uh, but that's way later. They're during Stalin's time. They're they're not really even talking about that yet. They're still trying to like build the material base for socialism to work. Like they're still working to. I mean, they declare themselves a socialist state, sure or whatever, but a worker state. They're not saying like, yay, we did it already.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I just thought that was weird. I'm like, no one would ever say that. Like, (laughs) no, I no, that that didn't track for me.
1: But the rebellion, I guess, if you're talking about just the revolution itself, that was done. We now have a worker state. We're building that maybe.
0: See, I don't agree with that either. Like, in theory, I think you should keep that rebellious spirit because that's how you keep people in line. Not in line as in like authoritarianism. It's how you keep leaders in line of like, hey, don't fuck up. Like, we're still here. We want you to do X, Y, Z.
1: Yeah, that makes sense.
0: Chapter eight. Again, they're like, hey, didn't the commandment say don't kill people? And they're like, no, it said don't kill people, animals, excuse me, without cause. Ugh,
1: mm. whatever.
0: Napoleon starts hanging out with a rooster who's like his trumpeteer, which is stupid. He's, he's just getting fancy. He's, he's just, just a fancy more, man.
1: Yeah. You know. He's got all these titles. They start writing songs about him. This is where you said that they... They start saying that everything happens for him, you know, mm-hmm. because of Stalin.
0: Yeah, like he's like lucky. Cults
1: of personality. Yes. As they said. yes. Napoleon. Sorry, getting the two mixed up.
0: <laughs> That's the difference. Yeah, he gets a portrait made. All kinds of shit. He's very fancy. And we're
1: back to the woodpile.
0: Yes, the timber. The animals hate Frederick because napoleon is like spreading all these rumors about him saying that oh he he's gonna mount an attack on us um and he treats his animals terribly you know he flogs animals to death and does cockfighting and all kinds of shit
1: yeah because he's nazi germany
0: oh okay gotcha so
1: he wasn't spreading lies about him he was telling them that he was shitty
0: (laughs) okay so this is the nazis yeah i did not catch that at all
1: (laughs) he's frederick oh that is german
0: (laughs) wow good job christine (laughs) oh okay that makes sense i think the reason i didn't trust this because before there had been so much machinations and plotting that i just assumed that like yeah yeah yeah. maybe this is another lie i think
1: that's the pretty clear that's supposed to be the nazi analog
0: okay this makes a lot more sense now (laughs) he is saying yeah fuck these nazis he tells the pigeons to spread death to fed frederick around which is fucking funny (laughs) yeah
1: they complete the mill they name it napoleon mill of course they do very good
0: (laughs) they build it twice as thick as before
1: then they get to the final deal with the timber napoleon says surprise we're gonna team up with frederick selling the timber to him.
0: Is this the the non-aggression pact?
1: Yeah, the Molotov-Ribbentrop Pact. That's the alliance between, or the non-aggression pact, you're right, between the Soviet Union and Nazi Germany. Uh, And, I mean, this breakdown is pretty accurate in terms of, like, its parallels. It says um, he'd been seemingly friendly to Pilkington, and so Frederick had raised his price. Basically, he was saying that, like, the deal with the western world the british and the americans you know they weren't they weren't helping the situation at all so to protect themselves this the soviet union signed a non-aggression pact with the nazis so that they wouldn't get attacked right away in this case you know we're selling the timber to you just to help us for now
0: okay that makes sense because yeah it's i think i got distracted by the fact that this was a trade agreement so i i was I didn't spend a lot of time thinking about it, obviously. But I was like, oh, I guess this is just about how, like, trade is complicated with, with communism versus capitalism. But then if you take out the trade part and just focus on their relations part, then, like, yeah, the Nazi versus the West versus that. That makes a lot more
1: sense. Napoleon's riding high. Everybody's like, damn, what a smart guy. <laughs> and then it turns out he's been paid in counterfeit money. Ugh. And then it turns out that they're about to get invaded.
0: Yes. And so... Frederick and his men come to invade and they end up having to retreat and they send word to Pilkington and (laughs) give him a note that says serves you right, which I thought was pretty funny.
1: Oh, yeah. (laughs) So
0: I guess we did that.
1: (laughs) Well, not exactly. I mean, this is, you know, Churchill, who was famously like, let's strangle Bolshevism in its grave, was finally like hey, uh, I guess I'll side with the Soviets if it'll take down Hitler Mm because he's literally bombing us. so.
0: So like a more realistic or a more fitting story would be if Frederick was also trying to attack Pilkington's farm.
1: Yes, yeah. But I would say that the Allies were super, super slow about opening up another front. The Soviet Union constantly was like, open up another front. Come on. They're just throwing Northern men France. at this. <laughs> Yeah. And slowly we were like, okay, we'll open one up in Italy. And that's not really what they wanted to do. It's come on, keep, you know, finally they did D-Day and all that, but that took a long time. And yeah, meanwhile, the Soviet Union was just hammering people. Absolutely,
0: Frederick's men blow up the windmill, which is so upsetting. Assholes. I was so upset yes. about that. They get really mad. And so they, You know, they get a second wind and run the men out again. Some of them die and everyone's injured. And they're like, you know, fucking distraught. And Squealer's like, we won, (laughs) which is upsetting.
1: I think this was a weird scene for me because it's like, Orwell's trying to say like, what victory? Mm Sort of. It sucked. But it's, I mean, that was a big deal.
0: That was.
1: To fight that war, you know, it wasn't fun, but like you survived, you know, you've survived a a war that was trying to exterminate you.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. Like being Nazis is nothing to sneeze at. Yeah, (laughs) that's a good thing. Generally, guys, I'm going to go ahead and say that.
1: Boxer says we won back what we had before.
0: That's important.
1: But someone tried to take it away from you. Oh, and that's where, yeah, they're sitting there questioning it like this sucks but they see the flag flying they they remember what has just happened
0: songs and speeches and all that
1: yeah so he's kind of criticizing i guess patriotism in socialist states maybe
0: and then the pigs have a party
1: oh yeah they get into some whiskey this
0: is fucking great i love this part I, I just like the description of it from the outside of like, man, they heard a lot of loud noises and then it was really quiet in the morning and uh, Squealer reports that Napoleon is dying and then yes. the alcohol to be <laughs> banished.
1: <laughs> Which you is can the- imagine him laying in bed. He's like, oh my God.
0: Yeah, this is exactly what a die. hangover is like. I'm dying. No more alcohol. Yes. Ugh, we've been there. We've all been there, Napoleon. Yep. <laughs> But then he turns around, you know, he's fine. And he decrees that actually we're going to start making alcohol.
1: Yeah, it's got the, I don't know, the alcohol thing, I don't see a big parallel to. It's not like the Soviet leaders were super. (laughs) Boozy? Like they just had this secret distillery or brewery thing going on. So I don't know. I mean, some of them were boozy, some of them weren't, but like. It didn't seem to affect the affairs of state, broadly speaking.
0: Yeah. It seems unnecessary and it it feels like it just goes in with like again the clothes and the stuff like that. The human traits of like, oh they're they're turning their back on their ideals.
1: Yeah. Again, don't drive cars (laughs) because capitalists drive cars, you know. That understanding of socialism. That's what we advocate, by the way. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Eat raw meat, get buff, that's what you do. Eat raw meat. No
0: cars, throw your phone (laughs) into the sea. Wait, how do you listen to the show? uh don't worry about it i fucking hate this paragraph about how they they come out and squealer is stunned by a ladder with paint and they're all like i
1: don't understand they all rolled a one on their investigation check
0: (laughs) that's exactly what that is everyone has a negative intelligence except for pigs And I mean, Squealer is caught in the act of changing the commandments. And the next day it says, you know, no animal shall drink alcohol to excess. This is ridiculous.
1: You know who did know what was going on? Fucking Benjamin.
0: Oh, oh, Benjamin. I want to murder this donkey.
1: (laughs) And he's just like what are you gonna do asshole tell people yeah
0: none of the animals could form any ideas to what this meant except old benjamin who nodded his muzzle with a knowing air and seemed to understand but would say nothing fuck this
1: guy's useless worse than useless.
0: he is he's worse because it'd be one thing he was just stupid like everybody else but no he knows he's just like what motivates that like why is he it's not just self-interest
1: it's more like self-preservation like if i you know someone might come after me i don't know
0: I understand this is obviously fucking George Orwell being like, "Uh uh-huh, like, I'm so smart. Mm -hmm. But I don't understand the motivation behind the character of, like, what else does he represent? Like, is he just a pure, like, kind of nihilist of, like... Because he he says things like, oh, it's always going to be this way. It's always going to be shitty just under different circumstances.
1: Yeah. It's like the the grizzled or, like, uh, jaded old person... It's just kind of like i've been there i've seen it all before these new idealists, man they think this is going to be any different but it's not it's just a new boss you know
0: okay there's new babies mostly pigs there's a ton of pigs (laughs) all napoleons
1: pigs yeah
0: um so they decided to build a schoolhouse for the pigs and you know it just gets more and more stratified um when a pig and any other animal meet on a path the other animal has to stand to the side
1: not a thing not a thing there's, <laughs> there's no bow. there's no parallel yeah yeah It's not like get off the sidewalk the soviet <laughs> officials are walking
0: right now and the pigs get to wear green ribbons on their tails on sundays sorry molly
1: yeah and the pigs eventually they get beer yeah so they're just getting fancier and fancier
0: and this is when they do more ceremony uh and you know this is that line that i liked of, of, they were able to forget that their bellies were empty at least part of the time which yeah that's that's what ceremony and patriotism can do
1: yeah but on the other hand if they're as well off as they were honor jones which is mentioned several times then you know they should they should be okay ish
0: yeah yeah and then boxer gets ill this is the worst boxer collapses his lung gets fucked up because he's working too hard So Squealer's like, oh, we're going to send him to the hospital. He's going to get the best care. And the animals are like, oh, that's weird. No one's ever left the farm. And it's like, what do you think is going to happen, motherfuckers? What do you think?
1: Well, they don't know. They're too stupid. Apparently
0: they're too stupid. (laughs) Quick question. At one point, they say the pig sent over a large bottle of pink medicine. Is that actually medicine? What do you think that is?
1: I assumed it was just medicine. It
0: sounds like (laughs) Pepto-Bismol, which would not help a collapsed lung.
1: No. And, you know, they don't have anything that would... But I didn't take it to mean like they were trying to kill him or anything. Yeah,
0: I guess I just didn't understand. Like, is this because everything else the pigs do is fairly nefarious. So it's like, yeah, is this a placebo? Is this actively making him sleepy? Maybe so he can't fight as much. I don't know. Yeah, I didn't get it. Anyway, long story short, Boxer is taken away. And Benjamin, for the first fucking time, because it affects his personal friend, decides to speak up. And he reads that the side of the van is labeled with horse slaughterer.
1: They're going to take him off to be boiled down or whatever.
0: Yep. It's announced that he died in a hospital. And they're like, no, the the van only had that because.
1: It was recently bought.
0: Yeah. <laughs> the vet bought the van and hadn't changed it yet. Just so fucking stupid.
1: They're relieved to hear that, though. And I mean, I guess the allegory breaks down a little here because he I mean, you know, now you don't have the representative character for the working class. So you're kind of, (laughs) okay, what are you doing? But maybe it's the peasants.
0: (laughs) Like after a while, you don't have peasants.
1: No, it's not trying to represent that. Because, I mean, you still did have people living on collective farms and regular farms and all that. So
0: they do a whole ceremony thing for Boxer and they, oh, the pigs throw a banquet, which they do by buying more whiskey definitely with boxers glue money which is fucked up
1: Mm, yeah
0: (laughs) (laughs) pretty bad chapter 10 shit's bad several years have passed a lot of people are gone muriel and some of the dogs are dead
1: jones is dead jones is dead yep
0: (laughs) and basically shit's really bad it's prosperous and profitable they never did turn the windmill into electricity they did it for threshing and they're working on another one that supposedly would be used for electrical power but they no longer talk about it being for heating and for like luxury goods um it's just going to be for profit
1: yeah so they're essentially running like just a farm basically because they're saying you know oh we use the windmill to grind or to mill corn. And that brings us a profit and they're selling this many eggs and whatnot. Like everything's run pretty much exactly the way, you know, the old capitalist farm was.
0: Yep. I, I liked this detail, though, of, of Napoleon denouncing that as against the principles of animalism. And he says, the truest happiness, he said, lay in working hard and living frugally, which I, again, I think gets back to that ascetic point that didn't make sense in the beginning and definitely doesn't make sense now.
1: Yeah, it's nobody's actual like idea of Marxism. Yeah, like no that. one
0: thinks that. <laughs> if anything, they're like, oh, that's a fairy tale. No one can live that nicely.
1: But I do think it was a fair point to say, like, essentially, the Soviet Union does end up, I mean, working as a like it's I don't know, some people call it state capitalist or what have you. But I mean, it does like capitalist like enterprises and things like that and engages in global trade and, you know, is producing things in that way, although they are socially providing a lot of things for their people more so than this is representing here.
0: Yes, yeah, because if this were more accurate, like the animals would be getting fed more, they would have actual medical care and not be sent for glue. Like they would, yeah, they would all be able to read. Like some things would be better for sure. Yes. Oh, they talk about fucking files and reports and memoranda. The squealer says this is this is the kind of work that the pigs and dogs do. Is that they yeah. they take all these notes and then they burn them. <laughs>
1: It's so stupid. Did, uh, there was excess bureaucracy, as there is in lots of organizations, including capitalist mm-hmm. ones. But like, it's not one hundred percent that <laughs> useless. It's
0: not like Brazil level useless. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> Some of it is, but not all of it.
0: <laughs> yeah, that was that's funny. Again, they they still feel better. They're like, oh, but we're still equal. And then the pigs start walking.
1: Dude, yes, this is creepy. It's
0: very creepy.
1: They start hanging out with the sheep, and then all of a sudden they come out, and they see Squealer walking around. Mm-hmm. Then all the pigs start parading around, and Napoleon comes out walking, and he's got a whip. Oh,
0: that's the worst part. And they train the sheep to say, four legs good, two legs better. Benjamin reads the the new single commandment which
1: is all animals are equal but some animals are more equal than others if anyone ever quotes this to you with a smug look on their face <laughs> they're a loser
0: they're the worst just do not engage <laughs> just, just yeah. walk away this person can't be saved
1: it's a classic dumb guy quote from this book
0: it really is it just it makes no fucking sense. And I know that's the point of like, oh, it's just an oxymoron, you know, and these animals are just so stupid they accept it. And it's just like nobody's that stupid.
1: But for Orwell, they are I guess he know? thinks
0: everyone's stupid except for him, the smart donkey.
1: He went to Eton, so
0: <laughs> It must be true. <laughs> All right. Pigs basically become humans. Guys, I'm just gonna go ahead and tell you the end of the book. They start wearing clothes. They're buying a telephone. They're smoking pipes. They're getting drunk all the time, and they eventually invite over the other farmers, including Mister Pilkington. You know, they're playing cards. They're drinking, and the the other animals are like peeking through the window. And Mister um, mm-hmm. Pilkington gives this this toast, and he's like, "You guys are so efficient. Like, I love it. We're gonna start doing some of this shit on our farms." and it's it's just very gross and some of this didn't track. I'm like, I don't think the West necessarily like took advice from the Soviet Union, did they?
1: Well, here's here's what they did. They did take some things like workers' benefits and stuff to avoid having mm. workers seizing control for themselves in various ways. They 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 wanted kind of less of what the Soviet Union was doing, so they were like giving out smaller concessions. You know, you wanted to keep your workforce comfortable enough to where they weren't striking out in the streets and building the sort of revolutionary potential that could lead to that society, so, you know? So,
0: again, a better analogy would be like, oh, I like how you have an on-site doctor who can take care of your animals so they're healthier, so they can do more work, like, and so they don't rebel. Great, we're going to do that. Or I, I like how efficient your method of farming. You know, like something more positive yeah. than... Because it seems to be... What they like about it is ceremony and religion. They're like, "Oh, I like how you use ceremony as a way to get people to work harder and to believe in what they're doing."
1: Mm. Yeah. Okay. I could see that.
0: Which they already do. It's not like they would have yeah. learned that.
1: <laughs> it's not. Yeah. The Soviet Union did not amend patriotism.
0: <laughs> yeah, because if you want to be more real realistic, Jones would have done that too. And I guess they they kind of mentioned at the beginning of like they some animals called Jones master and they they felt like they depended on on him to not starve, but that doesn't feel as like ceremonial or patriotic as as the other stuff,
1: yeah, I just don't think that American capitalist firms or whatever capitalist firms were looking at the Soviet Union as much of a guide in that
0: way.-hmm He says his really cool joke. <laughs> If you have your lower animals to contend with, we have our lower classes. (laughs) Hmm.
1: And they're different species of people, and they have different innate capabilities. (laughs) (laughs) It's the same.
0: (laughs) And Napoleon's like, yeah, this is awesome. We're going to call it Manor Farm
1: again. Doesn't make sense, but okay, whatever.
0: Yeah, we're going to get rid of people saying comrade. We're going to get rid of the boar skull that they walk past. We're gonna just suppress the rest of it they're going back to normal is what he's saying
1: yeah which i think is a prediction maybe you know he's just saying like oh he's at some point just gonna throw lenin out and just gonna go back to the russian empire and stuff because if you think about it so he publishes in 1945 that's a good point that's when these guys would be settling down after the war yeah. right and having a good time and then that's when this would be like unfolding so I don't think, I just think that part's completely wrong. Like,
0: <laughs> Nice guess. That's
1: not at all what they do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they don't change the flag. Like that stuff doesn't <laughs> Just happen. kidding,
0: guys. I mean, yeah. eventually they do, though. They do change the flag and they do go back to just being called Russia, not the Soviet Union.
1: But only once the communism has fallen there. Like, I mean, only like after the fall of. That's true.
0: And, it, and it's not like a gradual. I mean, it is because like they do start doing more and more capitalism, though, right?
1: Social democracy, yeah. I mean, Gorbachev was not trying to introduce capitalism. He was really trying to do reformer stuff that he thought would lead to more of an in between, like what Yugoslavia was doing and stuff, like more of a market socialism style thing. I mean, he really did not want to end up. He didn't want (laughs) what happened to happen. Yeah. Whoops. I mean, there, you know, people say, well, maybe he did, but I don't think so. Okay. Okay. So they do their toast.
0: Yeah, and then Clover's like, oh, which one's the man and which one's the pig? And my note was, oh, I see what you did there.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, they are so alike that it's hard to tell which one is which. Then they kind of break into a quarrel.
0: Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. I didn't really get the point of the quarrel.
1: The quarrel is the Cold War about to happen. The uh, predicting it fairly accurately. Yeah, you did that one. That they each play an ace of spades at the same time, and it's like, oh, hey, you're fucking trying to betray me. No, you're trying to betray me. and
0: That, that works, but yeah. But yeah. the end <laughs> of it is like, oh, they totally turned into capitalist pigs. Reviews. Two stars out of five.
1: Two stars.
0: I'm only giving two stars. I would maybe just... Actually, I think I give it one star. I had less and less fun with this as we went on. I'm going to give it one star out of five. I'm giving it a single (laughs) star because I liked parts of Old Major's speech, and I liked the initial revolution and the euphoria. I think he did a very good job of describing what that could be like when you're producing on your own, and you you own the land, you own the food, and all that stuff. I thought that was a very positive depiction.
1: I'm going to give it Two stars. I appreciated the same thing you appreciated. Mm -hmm. Uh, I will give a star as credit for what I'm assuming is good intent, is (laughs) the intent of saying like, hey, we should do socialism and communism but better, like we should do it more democratically or whatever. These sorts of like, you know, sort a little bit idealistic from a certain perspective, you know, if you're more Marxist-Leninist, that looks a little like soft to you, but criticizing it from the left and saying like oh we can do this better than this i agree with you that he doesn't really offer solutions he's mostly critiquing Mm -hmm. and the reason he doesn't get any more stars than that is because how is this work actually used is usually as an anti-communist polemic
0: exactly yeah
1: you know nice try i like snowball yeah (laughs) snowball's good
0: i like snowball and his windmill i I think things would have turned out better if we had snowball in charge
1: yeah, but on the other hand, Snowball is portrayed really, really nicely. We did an episode on, on. <laughs> Snowball and talked about his That's various true. foibles.
0: That's true. He he was actually more vicious
1: and as, <laughs> well, as trusty. Same vicious. Hard to be more vicious. Oh, than yeah, Snowball, yeah. No, <laughs> I, I meant more vicious
0: than Snowball in the book. Because, I mean, if you look at the very beginning, the initial milk stealing was Napoleon. Like, all that shit was Napoleon. And <laughs> the dogs, which is the big problem, like, all of that shit.
1: This also just has a very flawed view of history. He's not really portraying this as social forces. I mean, a lot of them are, but like when you come down to Napoleon and Snowball, Snowball kind of a little bit of amalgamation, but Napoleon's one guy basically, just one dude. And so he's kind of saying, like, if we didn't have this one dude,
0: that's a good point too.
1: It wouldn't be this bad, you know? Like, one guy did the theft, one guy starts the executions,
0: one guy starts the secret police. Which I don't think yeah. that's true. Did Stalin start the secret police? Wasn't that already no, a uh, thing?
1: No, that was already. Yeah, <laughs> that had been from the early stages of the revolution. Yeah,
0: so, so that doesn't quite work either. I'm sure he like got more in power with them.
1: He he did not make it any better. <laughs>
0: <But> <laughs> that's for sure.
1: He didn't say, you know what? No secret police. No secrets.
0: A cab, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's move on to. To better skies, I guess, better dirt, if you will. Because what are we doing next week?
1: Next week, we're going to learn about the diggers.
0: Okay, these guys have been mentioned a few times on the pod with uh, our witchcraft episode and a little bit with William Morris, too.
1: There's a lot to look at with this kind of weird intersection of Christianity and the left. So I, will, I initially was just looking at that and then had to really narrow it down <laughs> to these guys. So it's a topic we might revisit in the future with different, with different, uh, you know, themes.
0: Yeah, this could be a little series of of Christian socialism.
1: Yeah. And we'll, you know, at some point expand to other things too. There's, there's just so much out there. y'all.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Cool. Well, that'll be fun. Looking forward to your report. Maybe I'll start taking notes so I can stop having this Swiss cheese brain of mine.
1: (laughs) Hey, you do you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I always have the backlog of notes, which if you are a patron, you can get those too.
1: Catch you later then. Bye.
0: Hey there comrades, just jumping in to remind you of all of our social media. We are on Twitter at Teach Communism, Instagram at Teach Me Communism. You can shoot us an email, that's teachmecommunism at gmail.com. Any of those places are good to send us an episode suggestion or a question, anything you think would be useful feedback for us or just your admiration. If you want to admire us in a public manner, and you should... You can go to Apple Podcasts to give us a review. It is the best way to help people find the show. Love when people write and review us. Please do both. We are also on YouTube. If that's how you prefer to listen to podcasts, or if you know someone that's the only way they'll listen to podcasts, send them to our page. And we have a Patreon. For five bucks a month, you get access to our notes for each week's episode including the backlog of notes which is a very handy resource for up-and-coming commies and at the end of the year all of the funds from patreon will be given to local mutual aid in the dfw area so ain't gonna line our pockets finally we have merch check us out at t public you can find shirts and i believe also stickers and magnets and all kinds of fun stuff with catchphrases from the show or episode art, stuff like that. The link to that store is in the show notes, so check that out. Okay, that's all the internet. Join us next time for another episode of Teach Me Communism, where the class struggle is always in session. Bye y'all.